Luke Byron, Tom Kennett, Alex Jones and Jack Harper. It's the Spitballing Pod. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. You know we've been fighting for one and still fighting to this day. To this day. Aguero! Surprise, motherfuckers. Back out to Allen. History pointer. Bang! I'll take a bow, son. I mean that. Take a bow. And, and I'll tell you, honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. Listen, I ain't going to forget about this by the time we hit the motorway. Some might be. Welcome to episode 131 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, today joined by Tom Kennett, Jack Harper and the return of Troy Weaver. I'll get in early and apologise for Alex's absence. It is uh, my doing, which we'll get into a bit later. The main reason for the delay of this pod is we're all coming to terms with um, Pepe dribbling past Van Dyke. Major news story the last couple of days, so we've just had to take a bit of time to uh, get there. I mean, I've seen some clutches at straws before, but... That pretty much well, it's it. not really Arsenal fans doing it, it's more the general media doing Probably it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the real reason yesterday is we were doing some uh, moving around the house and so it would have been a calamitous podcast if there was one yesterday, so figured we'd uh, delay it by a day and hopefully make it worth the while. So the first thing I thought, and I was speaking to Troy about this yesterday when I was doing some clearing out, so basically I've switched bedrooms and I didn't realise how much rubbish I had until I was clearing everything out. And I must have got rid of about 200 DVDs yesterday, just bagged them up and all this. What kind of DVDs? (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't have got rid of them. (laughs) But it's basically saying, like, you see the way technology passes by, and I was saying to Troy, it's literally like the VHS tapes when you see now. No one needs DVDs anymore. Like, you just stream everything. If you don't stream it, download it or whatever. That's it. It's like going... I remember kids sleepovers parties and you'd go there like year six and you'd go to like blockbuster and you'd all like pick out a movie you know yeah. you could like rent ps2 games mm-hmm. and like me having a shit internet connection if i ever TK did that was part of the demise of blockbusters he worked there that was his job it's well, my sacking was part of the demise of blockbusters <laughs> yeah. the two did coincide so work it out from there <laughs> but yeah going back to that like whenever i buy a new xbox game it takes it like my internet three days to download it <laughs> So it's an absolute joke. So if I had to go to like Bobbison now, by the time the game had downloaded, I'd have to take it back. Yeah, I was part of the middle crossover to Netflix where uh, you essentially with Amazon, you yeah, signed up to this, this list and you just put in like a massive list of films and you prioritised them and they would just post one out to you and you had to just post post it back and then they send you another one just for the ones that weren't on. I think the on. originator was Love Film. Yeah, that's what it was. And then they yeah. teamed up with Amazon. Ah, right. Yeah, I remember that because uh, I'm a little bit older than you guys. Yeah. You know, I'm close to 30 this year. <laughs> yeah. So that gives me a few more years on, on the uh, yeah on the old VHS ladder. So, so but yeah. The other thing, so this is kind of uh, local news here. This is one of the things we bring you now. So we saw, uh, yeah, <laughs> as of today, um, I'm sure, I know TK has, I'm sure other people have seen the clip of the uh, stabbing on Barton Street. Has anyone else seen this? Yeah. Also, yeah. I've kind of come to it late so it would all been deleted by the time yeah so it's like a prop from aladdin the size of this like curved 
shank. It's like a fucking scimitar. Yeah, there's there's, there's two separate like clips. <laughs> One of them, the bloke's like legging it, and the bloke still, despite clearly having done his damage, like lands one more shot in there what i thought was was insane was that there was one guy just like clearly took some superhero yeah. drugs and was just like i'm a help yeah. and just <laughs> wrestled yeah. the knife away from some this well, guy probably his fucking friend you've got multi, you've got multiple angles of it <laughs> i was yeah. i was about to say how many people got their phone out at this point because it's, it's going to be like monday it's going to be like monday night football they're going to bring it up on that touchscreen board <laughs> yeah. and they're just going to like circle things and this is what he should have done well i've got i've got some uh, yeah, they're the only people going out with an interview on monday <laughs> yeah. he's going around everybody yeah. who works <laughs> we know the this happened outside of the like Coral on Barton Street. You can see it in one of the videos. And so the background info I have here is I was actually once offered a job at this Coral. And it's quite a surreal thing. When I tell you the, the job interview, it was for like a trainee assistant manager. This was like wanting to get out of working in retail. And this was kind of a bridge to gap. And you know, the, the, when, when you don't work in a bookies and people are trying to like sell their job and they're like, you just sit in all day. You just watch people placing bets, watch all the sport that's on. I was like, this wouldn't be too bad for me. So I went to one. It wasn't actually at this site, but one of the early interview questions they asked was, would you be comfortable during regular police raids? And you know when you just need a job, you're like, yeah, I think I'd be okay with that. For the right money. And they said, like, do you drive? And I said, no. And they said, "Does like, do your parents work late? I said, no. And they said, what? I wouldn't be comfortable with letting you leave the shop and walking to a bus stop at, at this time. So if you could have someone pick you up. And so I had the interview when obviously I told them everything I needed to know. They called me up and they said, look, it does suit with you having the job, but I don't think you should take it. <laughs> and essentially the, the next phone, the next like 15 minutes, they just talked me out of taking the job where they're like, Okay, no, I suppose this other guy probably is the best man for the job. <laughs> Bookies are the devil, like in general. I'm not even lying. Like, there's a lot of people out there with illegitimate money just flooding it into the bookies, just as a way of like 2019 laundering. Well, they, it's awful. They say this is kind of the hub, and I don't want to go too in depth. I don't want to get a mark on my head. They say this is just basically just where people hang out. So half people in there aren't even placing bets. It's just people. It's almost like an adult youth club with it everyone is. just That's coming together. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's... It's got a different tone to the Coral in Brockworth, I'll say that much. Yeah, I've driven past it enough times fairly late at night where I've kind of dropped mates off or something and it looks like it's banging in there on like a Tuesday, like Tuesday <laughs> evening. And I'm looking at it and thinking, what is going on in there? And, and now we know. This, well, is, this think, is what like, happens. With knives, and it's easy to say, like, why, why do people have them? And why don't they just fight it out? I feel a lot braver with that sword in my hand, so it's quite <laughs> obvious to see. Yeah. There is that. But then again, in Gloucester as well, like, really, what is the need for it? Do you know what I mean? Like, in London, you can think, like, every man in that, like, well, dog has pretty much got a knife on him. There's the Getz lyric where he says, if you want to fight with your fists and feet, go to Japan. You don't, you don't deal, you don't deal with these round here. Unfortunately, it has spread to Gloucester, though. Yeah. Like, two of my friends have been stabbed and that's not great do you know what I mean like when you think about it like when people try and say oh it's just a London it's a Manchester and Birmingham it's really not there's psychopaths everywhere we man. have just had one in broad daylight it's, so yeah, it's difficult exactly. to, we can't take shots at anyone but at this just point got, just touching on Brockwith Coral just quickly this is, reminds me of something you said it's not, not as bad a couple of years ago someone broke into the Coral and uh, robbed the safe they couldn't get the safe open 
this this sounded like something off of a comedy film. <laughs> they ended up trying all sorts of ways to get this safe open, and in the end, they threw it in someone's garden. <laughs> so, they had someone come in with a knife when I worked at the co-op. I would like to say I was a hero, but I um, oh. took a I took a vantage point from the back yeah, of the yeah. co-op. Um, they actually pushing a woman they, in front they, of them. Well, <laughs> the, the thing was, so I'm not saying I would have volunteered, but they had like the smallest like girl on till, but because he'd like been in previously, they warned us at the start of the shift that this fella might be coming back in, mm. threatening people if they do, just kind of press this button under the tail, give him the cash. And like, but you stay on till because we don't want to arouse suspicion <laughs> that like they know what's going on. Uh, so I was just at like the back of the till, like at the back of the <laughs> shop, with, like the baked beans, having a little peek round, and then. Uh, he obviously plot what was going on. The police came in and they found like this massive like knife that he'd obviously just pulled out and tried to just not dump it like halfway, just dump in a little office bin. Yeah. But they just walked past and just saw this massive thing hanging out of there. <laughs> so I had the best of both. Well, not really actually. I had a story to tell, but everyone else went out the back and I said, "Look, you're right. Aren't you? If you go on tell them for the rest of the night, because uh, <laughs> we can't have her. She's traumatized now." <laughs> <laughs> They actually had um, one of the people that was in ended up asking out the girl that was on the till. So we had a love story come up from there somewhere. Yeah, love story. <laughs> oh, one of the one of the guys w- with the knife. No, he came back would, in for, that would for have seconds. Been, yeah. That would have been a story. I would have told that one here before. Yeah. <laughs> on side note, I think we've pissed away any hopes again. Coral as a sponsor. On that, <laughs> yeah. that one's gone. We said this on the game shows. Look, if people want to get in touch, if they hear the words that we've been uh, talking down. We can be bought. We can take it out of the podcast and we'll take sponsorship cash. You might not get in Alex Jones's bio because he's told us there's no room. But paying paying sponsors actually do get you in there. So the, the next thing I was going to get onto, and this I said to Troy earlier, this was going to be a spiral of an intro. Every Everything I thought kind of tied into the next. And I was saying that I saw this video earlier and I, people like sending it to me saying, like, this is mad, this is mad. And I was like, as much as it is, I don't really have any kind of feeling watching it. Like we're so desensitized to these things on the yeah. internet. And I was gonna say, this phase probably would have been we would have probably been like yeah, nine, ten. The phase where the internet was just like the darkest place, but you had no like bat an eyelid. People like, <laughs> like it was people like Are you seen that neo Nazi execution? Yeah, you have yeah, seen that yeah. one. Yeah, where it like it, falls off that? at the end. Oh, yeah. oh you, <laughs> you know that Dagestan massacre? Yeah, 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 I know the one. Well it was the the whole one two man girl phase of it was like i remember the i don't know why it was the one that was it for me but it was like one woman one jellyfish and all that's i'm out yeah i've yeah, seen enough I've, I've seen that um squid one the japanese yeah, squid one yeah. i think everyone's seen that one probably the hardest yeah. wank i've had in my life that's <laughs> what you call a challenge well, there's one, one, one with a screwdriver wasn't there and that's the one everyone's like that's yeah. too much. Not if it's on a person. It's if that's well, happening too much for they me. They used to be best girl, didn't they? And that's it used to be like the Pornhub, but for dark videos. So they had like categories and stuff oh, like that. And it was just the darkest website. <laughs> and I knew kids that you know those weird kids that didn't really say a lot at school. Not if they had access to access to guns that you wouldn't be surprised if they were the type. And like they'd be like, oh yeah, have you seen this? And it's just like top ten executions. You're like, yeah, I'm really happy that I haven't seen this. Thanks. <laughs> You say access to guns. I have a friend, I'm not going to name him. He's in the Marines and he is obsessed with Live Leaks. Now, Live Leaks, if any of you don't know, is a website that basically is unfiltered videos. It's like YouTube on crack. And 
yeah, he's constantly sending into the group chat, check this out, check this out. And I'm like, you own a gun for it. You like, you use a gun for a living out here. Like, jeez. I was with a conspiracy theorist before. I won't say too much more on that in case they're listening. But they said, conspiracy uh, yeah, itself. well, just one, the whole, the, like anything you see, it's like not as obvious as it could be. The like Tommy Robinson, Katie Hopkins, there's a conspiracy keeping them and all this. And um, I was asked, yes, what do you think about these um, like whistleblowers then? I should have avoided the question. Let me mm-hmm. say I was stuck there for the next like two hours <laughs> saying, this is what they do. This is oh, Should have got out of there quick. Yeah, next thing you know, you're in Ecuadorian <laughs> embassy. We spoke about it. We, I think TK said, realised uh, what true love was, uh, that two people could be meant for each other when Pamela Anderson and Julian Assange wound up together in the embassy. Fact, they, everyone thought it was a joke and then pictures came out of them together and it was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> The bloke literally can't leave this room and he's picked up Pam Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> so the next thing I was going to get on to, and this is a slightly kind of lighter tone. So yeah, I think the main please. things we're going to talk about today is going to be the prem- it's going to be the Premier League and the Ashes. That's the two things. So I thought you said lighter tone, aren't you an Arsenal fan? <laughs> we'll get to that. So I thought if we tick off some other kind of little tidbits of news now and then we've got the whole rest of the time to get into whatever needed. So... Whether you've seen it or not, whether you're an NFL fan or not, there was a preseason game this weekend. News kind of broke during it that Andrew Luck, the quarterback of the Colts, uh, has retired. So he's not even 30, I think he's like 28, 29. But he's had injuries the last couple of seasons. Fit most of last season, the two seasons before he was injured, and apparently he's niggled now. But he's retired like two weeks before the start of the season. And people are outraged that. The fans, every the fans all in the stadium were like booing the hell out of yeah, them. Yeah, seen it. it. Yeah, and so people are saying, "Is this right? Is this wrong?" And I think it's easy to say that it's wrong if, like, say, Palace hadn't got any money, but Zahara just decided, "Look, I've made my money. I haven't done this at the start of the window. I'm going to retire now." <laughs> a week before the Premier League starts, he's probably not going to be in the best regards with the fans, regardless of how well he's done previously. There is that, but if it all comes down to his body and things like that, then you can't really affect it. It'd be like him snapping his cruciate ligament, then retiring, and then be like, well, that's me done, I'm sorry. Even with that, it's not, he's not going to get this getting the same injuries that Luck's been having. He's not going to get concussions, etc. He doesn't have the risk element that they've got. So, I, I think you almost treat it when a <laughs> when an NFL player retires, almost like when a, a, a MMA fighter or a boxer retires, where you think, look, you if they're retiring, that's fair play to them. My thing is, this you might not even know the answer to this, if a player decides they're going to retire and they've still got, say, three years left on their contract, what's the crack? I think so, so much of the money... Yeah, but then what happens if they decide then a, a week or two later... They're not retiring, and I'm signing for Man United on a free transfer. Do you get what I mean? I think has this ever happened? I think there is some kind of contract law around it, but I think it is kind of as simple as that. Like, not as simple as that, but you can do that. It's it's happened before. I've read a story on it, but I can't tell you who it was. I was going to say the reason I said the kind of Zahar thing is because, as much as we like NFL, we're not going to be as diehard as these people are turning up and. They're, they're saying that they've finally got the pieces in place to have a legitimate Super Bowl run and then you take your first choice Q, QB out and then you're kind of screwed there. But I don't think it's right to boo, but I can understand why in heat of the moment, if you get told there that people are going to... Well, American fans are really weird as it is because you've got... It's, 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, they, who aren't we coming for on this they, podcast? They have these like amazing sporting moments, and like, you know, he's, there's a Twitter page I follow called All of the Sudden Limbs, and it just like rates limbs in like way ends and kind of when a goal goes in, just see absolute mayhem mm-hmm. unfold. People jumping down staircases, all sorts. In America, it's, you never get that. So for some, for a fan base to care so much about something, what the, to not do that, I just don't understand how you, you can't do that for the next. Uh, a lot of it is the fans are mixed in together so you don't get them all in joined going mad like that no, no, I suppose they're I think they go yeah but they different. are definitely different they definitely look at us and they see like Green Street and assume that's yeah. how it is but I was going to say the GM for the Colts is going to be sick of the name Colin Kaepernick until <laughs> until the season starts because all he's going to be you know the QB why would you not sign Colin is he, Kaepernick is he still without a team yeah why and, and obviously a I know why of reasons. It, it's kind of got worse now because Jay Z's just taking his deal with uh, the NFL. Can't think who it was. There was like a like a hip hop guy. I can't think who it was, and he was like, "Everyone knows Jay Z's always been like this." I thought you was going to bring up the whole Jermaine Dupree thing. No. Apparently, <laughs> Jermaine, Jermaine Dupree was offered the uh, the same deal and yeah. he turned it down. Well, he, and now he's very annoyed at Jay Z. And well, he had a, like, did you really get offered the deal though, Jermaine yeah. Dupree? <laughs> well, he had, he had a massive go. Not at, relevant uh, anymore. Was, <laughs> he, he had a massive go at. Um, it Pusha T for being asked to perform for this halftime show, and then he said, "Look, you, you can't, you can't do that." But I'll have to remember who the guy's name is. But he was going through all these things of how Jay Z's been down the years. It was probably Dame Dash. Dame that, Dash hates It was Jay-Z. Dame Dash, and he <laughs> they used to be best mates. Yeah, Jay Z made all the money. Dame got left with with Cameron and the diplomats. Yeah, the, the, the story he tells on there is he says he remembers being at a party, walking in and like catching eyes with this girl across, and he's like kind of looks like is this is this happening? Yeah. And he said Jay Z's gone. Oh, you're you're not gonna go. No, you don't want to go anywhere near that. And then the next week, he walks into a party with that same girl that he's told him you don't want to go anywhere near. He said like nobody can be outraged with Jay Z because if you don't know this is what he's like, then it's then you should have known already. He said just not everyone who's this treacherous has Beyonce on their arm to make it all look a bit nicer. Anyway, other couple of bits so. Uh, Nick Newell, if anyone's heard of him, the uh, MMA fighter most famed for having one arm, still fights professionally. So he won his Bellator debut this weekend via arm triangle. I don't know how you go out in the street after this happened in all respect to him. <laughs> but he defeated Corey Browning. And if you don't, and if you think you recognise the name, he actually is the guy who defeated um, Baby Slice and um, Aaron Chalmers, enemy of the pod. So uh, that's where you'd know it. And then this guy with... With one arm, he came for the cult leader, so that's what happens. <laughs> so if you recognise the name, that's that's what it is. Uh, fair play to him. I'm sure he's going to get some big money now because regardless... UFC wouldn't go near him, would they? He he went on the Contender Series and you would think that there's a big money-making thing there. Of course. And so traditionally, when you have kind of names going in the Contender Series, they match them very favourably. So like... Greg Hardy was in with a guy who hadn't been out of the first minute and yeah. he'd been knocked out already. They put uh, Nick Newell in with um, one of the top collegiate wrestlers to ever have been in America. And so you think defending takedowns with one yeah. arm is probably... Dana kept getting pestered and he was like, look, I don't want him on my watch when he gets hurt. Because it's, he said, look, the higher you compete, it's going to happen. And you look at so many killers in our organisation... 
it's going to happen. I don't want that shitstorm, basically. I mean, even best case scenario, what happens if he gets one bout? If he goes for a second one, where's he going to put the second one? <laughs> the champ champ can't have a bit like Conor McGregor did. They're actually, um, the UFC, there's a lawsuit filed against them at the moment where there is no kind of Ali Act in MMA, but they're essentially saying that while the profits are rising, the annual percentage being paid to the fighters is going down. And so Paige Van Zandt did an interview with um, Ari Hawani. Still think for however she looks, her voice is one of the worst <laughs> I've ever heard. And for Ariel's show being called Cringy, did a Mr. and Mrs. with her and her husband, who oh, proudly, oh, calls oh, him, no. proudly calls himself Mr. Van Zandt because he says, oh, why not take no. the publicity? <laughs> Um, yeah, but she she on there said look if I actually take a fight and concentrate on it I make a loss she said I make more money taking a picture at home and putting it on Instagram with endorsements than I do from one picture than getting in the cage she also said that because she's been injured so much her deal was structured by um, Lorenzo Vettita so that's how long her deal's been around for <laughs> but still she said she's surprised they haven't reached out to try and extend so she's just gonna have a look now and have her final fight and see whoever wants to offer her the most cash because she says look I'm I'm not the best in the division but I'm well aware what my worth is yeah I mean let's not get it twisted she's not she's not great but she's also a skillful individual well, she is a fighter that could beat us all up if you want to question you know so I mean she, but like you say if it's a case of where she like she like she actually said I can make more money yeah. sitting on my ass well, if you, to if you want to question world, what men, gets deleted. Yeah, if you want to question what men or MMA fans are like, um, the highest viewed free show on um, Fox when they had the deal was in Paige Van Zandt against Michelle Watson. <laughs> so that might tell you a lot. Last thing then before we get into the football and then the cricket is uh, Anthony Yard got demolished by uh, Sergey Kovalev this weekend. If anyone watched it on BT, why is it again? Well, this was this was the thing I was going to get onto, and uh, his trainer Tunde Jai maybe he's to have a look at himself for all the hype that he definitely did drum up. I mean, Damian Lillard in the NBA was tweeting about yard fighting at like nine thirty in the morning over there. You have both the best round potentially in terms of nearly knocking out Kovalev, and then you go back to the corner, and then you have the worst round where you're debating whether you get sent back out. And he had no constructive advice in the corner other than having lions in the camp screamed in his face. So they maybe need to have a look at themselves. And thankfully for the good of everyone, Kovalev got the job done. And they kind of said that, um, well, we don't have to say anything because all the work's been done in training. So anything that's in the fight is in the fight. Well, things can take so many different turns yeah. in a fight. And that fight was a classic case of yeah. things taking twists Otherwise, and turns. Why would so, you have a corner man? Yeah, there is... No, yeah, yeah, literally yeah. nothing to be gained for it. And I did see people like Paul Smith, who can normally be pretty disagreeable, coming out and saying like, "Look, he's completely in this for his own sort of like showreel. He's not really interested in the fight." You'll enjoy this. It might not mean much to anyone outside of boxing fans, but there, I found there was a player for I think Aberdeen, um, a defender called Liam Smith, and so there was all these tweets. He must have scored at the weekend or done something on uh, Sunday morning, saying like. What a boy Liam Smith is. What a boy. And um, both the Smiths and uh, Gallagher have gone down a favourite all them, thinking that they're about <laughs> Liam Smith, the boxer, who boxed on Saturday night in Mexico. And people are having to like, let him know, look, this isn't about you. This is about this like 18-year-old fullback in Scotland <laughs> that they've just got confused with. They want to take him out well, either. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so 
we started this two weeks ago, Troy, uh, unfortunately you won't have too much to do here, but to fill you in, we've done a Euro team update. So we do this once a week now. We've each got our teams that we uh, had randomly selected in Serie A, Bundesliga and uh, La Liga. And we uh, like to keep everyone up to date with our respective teams. If we start with Serie A, unfortunately after the good week I had last week, it wasn't quite so good this week. I had a Fiorentina fall in 4-3 to Napoli at home. New signing Eric Polgar scored in the ninth minute and when I had the notification pop up I was in dreamland. This popped up during the yard fight and I was waiting to switch over afterwards. They had a long VAR review for this and it was when there's a handball. It was quite contentious to be honest. Then almost straight after Mertens levelled for Napoli in the 38th minute and then about a minute later he won a penalty which was another controversial decision but was scored by Insigne. I then switched on just after half time. Man I preached about last week is my man to watch Milenkovic because I seen him on football manager can play right back and centre back he's like 21 equalises but then four minutes later Callihan scores for Napoli Still around. I'm still convinced he's like yeah. 22. He's, like, he's, he's, 30, Even, he's 31. I no, think. but he's still 22. Yeah. I always see him as that 22. Then, two minutes later, Kevin Prince Boateng comes on, scores a scorcher from about 25 yards out right into the corner. Yeah. At this point, I'm I'm daring to dream. <laughs> but then, one minute later, there's like a slick ball to the back post. And it was like the FIFA ones, you know, where you hit it to the back post, head it back across goal and then tap it in. It was literally like a carbon copy of that. And then they brought Ribery on, who didn't do too much. Legs aren't there, but he had a big standard ovation. I actually slated their kit. It's a lot nicer seeing it in person. Because it looks... They've got Lecoq Sportif as their manufacturer. Wow. So they're like going way back. But I don't know how big their following is, but apparently there's like a bidding war going on at the moment because the deal ends this summer. So I think Nike... Dominic, Deodora. Apparently it's between Nike and Umbro, but I quite like the Umbro kits I've seen recently with the the Everton ones with a trimmer. Fiorentina is so iconic as well with that purple, so everyone would want it because people buy it as their like. I was thinking this when I saw Bournemouth on Saturday. Like I like with Arsenal that as much as it's going to be a red home kit, it can be different every time. You think like Newcastle and Bournemouth? There's only so many ways you can do like stripes. Anyway, let's, let's go full Juventus and yeah. just change it all up completely. Who have you got then for... Right, so we actually played each yeah. other, me and Martin Seacoast's team. We had Roma versus Genoa, and what a game it was. Screamer. Absolute I mean, screamer. watching it, I was thinking, you know what? Roma playing some really good football, and their goals, I won't tread on your toes yeah. on this, yeah. were amazing. Yeah, all of them. Um, but it was had an air of the game where you play on FIFA where you're playing absolutely amazing, and the other like person that plays against you gets the shittest goals ever <laughs> and then you get to the end of the game and you somehow think how is this level even though Roma did have the majority of the game and it pretty much started out with if, if you want to describe it to you because it was a fantastic goal yeah it was kind of Iron Robin-esque I thought in the way he went just like a dribble through everyone isn't it? two yeah. people yeah. determined to get onto that left foot and yeah. smashed it home I, I don't want to absolutely butcher his name because he is Turkish but if you Chenji Undai, is it? Yeah, I think Undai, it's how you say it. Like that, yeah. he, he looked a player as well. He, he wasn't just that. Sort of the manager. Yeah. <laughs> Liverpool always getting them by. And um, Dzeko, it looked like he had a bit of a good game from what I've seen. And yeah. Someone you said before probably doesn't get the love. We've been seeing He's a, Yeah, friend of the pod in a way. Yeah. Um, 
his goal was class as well. It's, where does those feet come from? Yeah, I've never seen that before. But again, that must go to show how slow it is in Syria. For Jacko to look like Messi with the ball at his feet. <laughs> yeah, he's gone around three people yeah. in the box and then slotted it. Yeah, before, it's ridiculous. As good as I thought he was in the prime, you weren't that guy. Exactly. So, I mean, it started out with... Sorry, Carl. He's me. kind of like a... The closest thing I've seen to Giroud, really, with a guy that's big, but is also technical. Touch, yeah. You think City, that they could do with someone like that, because yeah. it's bringing on Jesus for Aguero it's is... like for like, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. They could do with someone like that. Well, that's it. So, I mean, you see the first goal, and then Under should score again. With yeah, a, it's a much easier Yeah, chance. it's like a similar kind of individual effort. Drags it to the left-hand side of the box, and then drags it past the far post the keeper who should have scored. Um, you've got Genoa coming straight back with... Piena Monte, again, it's it was just favorite dish. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's what like you see how good the Roma goal was, and you see this one. It was just like kind of like just a standard header and then finish. Yeah, long yeah. Like long ball in to the back post, headed across and just like scooped in. And then you think, oh, here we go. And then you see Zeko scores. So it goes two one Roma, and Zeko again turns into Messi for some reason. <laughs> dribbles past a few players, slots it bottom corner. It's absolutely class. And then you see my guy to watch, Diego Crescito, take the most defenderish penalty I have ever seen. I can only describe it as, you know where he's going, and so did the keeper, but it just snakes underneath him. It was like this toe poke style laces shot. That was never a penny. Yeah, That's all the thing. No, it was classic. Wasn't. Slide tackle where the defender gets his foot round it and curls around. I, I do think twice. he gets. I do <laughs> think he gets the man first, personally. And. and I don't know. It's, it's, it's compared it's to some of the ones we yeah. had in the Prem yeah. this weekend that weren't given, that was I couldn't believe they gave that. But then, yeah, if you want to describe Rome's and next goal, because it was. If I a told you it was a Colorado free kick, you probably know what you need to <laughs> yeah. know. You absolutely hammered it. Yeah. And then um, it looked like they weren't going to give it a goal line technology give it, and when they looked at it, it was literally a like millimeters. inch perfect. It was. It's like a thirty-five yards hit the bar then down then back up into the, the bloke must there. be 40 years old but yeah. he, he'll always have that left foot on his deathbed he'll still have that left foot there it's class and then in a the night s- out with him you'd pull with that left foot on there <laughs> yeah. and the game kind of goes into a lull a little bit um, and it's just kind of standard Italian methodical slow defensive football and then in the 70th minute you just see this random cross the box and the new substitute I'm going to butcher his name Kwame I think it is um, just comes in Heads it, I think it like volleys it between the keeper's legs and it just goes straight in. And you think it's one of those on FIFA again, you've scored all these brilliant goals. I was thinking and, it had a very FIFA goal. Yeah, and then it's just crossed across the area and just straight through the keeper. It's mental how many goals go through the keeper's legs when it's such a small target. I think yeah. it's, as a keeper though, you kind of anticipate, you're always told to make yourself as big as possible. Yeah, but then the strike, so like yeah. to try and jump up, make yourself a pickable and then get back down again is quite difficult. It gives me nightmares exactly, of yeah. Almunia in Champions League final whenever a ball goes through someone's legs. Yeah. Or Courtois in any game that he plays for Chelsea. Or Real Madrid by that moment. Alright, if we go on to uh, the Bundesliga where both your teams are again playing each other this Friday night on BT. Yeah. But... Oh, I forgot your yeah. yeah. So... No, I have no, Leipzig. It's uh, Harper. Oh, it's uh, Alex. Had each other. No, no, uh, this like Friday. Yeah, so, another, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another bad result for me, as I had Hertha, who held Bayern to a draw last week, lose 3-0 at home to Wolfsburg. <laughs> Won't give you too much of a match report here. I'll say Hertha had a penalty decision go in their favour, then be overturned by VAR contentiously, then go right down the other end and 
Wolfsburg got a penalty and then they dominated pretty much until the last 10 minutes where they scored two more. So nothing too much uh, to get into there. I I had uh, obviously Leipzig, Leipzig versus Frankfurt. And again, it's a difficult game. As as I found out last year as a Chelsea fan, they're not an easy team to beat. Um, I think what Red Bull had in their favour was they were at home. I'm not my guys to watch again, so this is two tips of people to watch scoring. So I'm just going <laughs> to put that out there. So you've got Timo Werner, back post from a corner, absolute slotsman again. He just knows where the net is. He knows how to find it um, in the 10th minute. And then it was just a game of attrition after that. It was kind of just went into a bit of a lull like the other game did. And then you've got Paulson, who can only... It is just the perfect cross from the left wing. The ball seems to hang in the air for like an age comes down at the right corner of the penalty box and Paulson has watched it the entire way and volleys it straight through the keeper's legs and it is just it is a beautiful thing to behold if you go and watch it it is just one of those beautiful goals over the left shoulder onto the right foot it's class I was thinking when you said about um, you said about Kolarov and the free kick the thing I always like with that when it's like whether it's penalties or free kicks or any kind of set pieces there's been some moment in training where people have kind of had to look and see that the defender is the one that actually yeah. takes the best free kick. Yeah. And it's not just like a fluke the first time. Yeah. And the attacking players have to just concede and let him yeah. start taking yeah. over. But yeah, and then Frankfurt get a consolation goal in the 89th minute, but it was mainly one-way traffic with Leipzig, which I guess that's Frankfurt dealing with the loss of Yuki Luka Jovic. Who um, the doesn't want anymore. Yeah, exactly. I, like you can go. That's that is literally just the ruining of football, isn't it? You've got a kid doing well and Frankfurt team banging in goals, and then he goes to Real Madrid for sixty mil and sits on the bench. Benzema is a survivor. I don't, <laughs> he's got so much sauce though. He probably gets in the first team just on the amount of sauce he has. Yeah, or he's got some secrets that have come out about him, and he's got on other people that he's yeah. uh, keeping quiet. Yeah, I was just going to say about Frankfurt, nicest kits in Europe. Yeah, I, uh, um, I can that concede that black one last year. I don't know, the Genoa away kit, which I saw against Roma, was that is just a big central. You sent me the retro one as well. The retro one, I'm definitely going to cop. It's about 80 quid, but we should share it on the Spitball Pod Twitter because it is amazing. I looked at the Frankfurt triple black kit last year. It was such a beauty. All triple black kits look decent. I left it for like a week to payday. You know, where you have enough the week before and you think, probably best best not. not. Left it and then I came back and the whole rest of the season... Just, just gone out. Jeez. Switch to TK. Think of the Real Madrid one. They've just almost got like a dressing room of survivors now. I feel like, yeah. I feel like Hammers and Bale must have just driven in on that day. Like, what the fuck are we still doing it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, much in Gladbach 1 3 1. There's not too much for me to say yeah. on uh, La Liga either, I'll confirm. So uh, after a win to kick off the season, uh, my Mallorca boys. They had a Real Sociedad at home and they lost for the first time at home in over eight months. After speaking about Madrid, uh, Loney Martin Odegaard was the one who popped up. Counter-attack in the 83rd minute. You know, the ones where there's like a scramble in the box but one bloke manages to have like a clear passage to just tuck it in the corner. So he was able to do that and Odegaard keeps his wonder kid status for another year probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, mine, unlucky Granada against a good Sevilla team. It was the standard Sevilla performance that you would expect. Just a 1-0, 15-second minute goal. I mean, the only thing of note, really, was a very, very dubical, um, dubious penalty shout in the last minute for Granada, which was not a penalty. But they, 
obviously thought it was. And in the 19th minute, it's one of those famous clash of heads. But it wasn't just a standard bandage that the Granada captain came back on in. He had this weird kind of condom, <laughs> fucking swimming cap thing on. And he played in a metallic grey swimming cap for the rest of the game. I think that was the most thing of note, because it was just his standard 1-0 away from home severe performance there. Right, and Levante Villarreal, it's a bit of a derby by all accounts, not the big one them against Valencia is the one, but um, if we talk about Shithouse performance, this is <laughs> this is right up there. They uh, they went 1-0 down early on. Uh, held on for dear life is probably putting him mildly. Villarreal peppered them, keeper kept him out for most of it. Um, second half, Levante get a penalty, miss it, gets all to get retaken because the keeper was off his line, <laughs> score it. And then the fellow who scored the penalty, not long after, gets taken down in the box, gets another penalty, <laughs> scores that one, 2 1 final score, having played absolutely dreadfully looking at the highlights. How did you find it in you to root against Santi? I didn't I didn't enjoy doing that, but <laughs> look, the draw is the draw. I ended up with Levante, what can I do? <laughs> I wish him now, wherever he went, he should be unveiled like at his opening. Well, he, that he, smoke. he sneaks in somewhere and they have the little thing up like a magician and just the smoke and he just <laughs> steps out dramatically wherever he's going. What I, what I love about Casola is he, he's so appreciated by fellow Spanish players, isn't he? Like, like really, yeah, like a lot of, a lot of you know, he, he might not have bags and bags of appearances for Spain, but it's just one of those ones where everyone appreciates the skill of Santi Casola. Well, yeah, a guy who's um, a journalist over there was... Making the case, he was like, I think he's just the best player in the world. And someone laughed long, and he's like, No, no, genuinely. So like when you break it down, he was like, Break it down like the, the different skills and stuff. And in the end, the other guy was there, like, Maybe you're right. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. Messi can't do some of that stuff. Yeah. You know what? He hasn't got a right foot like Sandy. If, if you think about how uh, Beckham was revered literally for his crossing, if you get because all his smile in there and his charm, <laughs> and then you tell him he can do it with both feet. Yeah. He he would have been a celeb. I mean, I just loved how he used to take corners one from one side There's of the that clip, one wasn't there? Where yeah. Yeah. there was the clip where he went to take it, and then he takes a step back, switches foot, and then takes it with the other foot, and that kind of helped him on his way. Like for the amount of professional footballers that are out there, there aren't enough that have that ability. I've never understood this. You think training every day. That it should be as simple as. Well, it's, it's like my dad met Terry Venables um, ages and ages ago, and he was like, "I've got a young, young lad. What's the best tip you can see if he wants to get like good at football? Is just teach him to kick with both feet." And you'd be like, "The only player that I know that can strike a ball just because I've seen it is Ronaldo or Hazard. When he get, hits it sweet with his left, he can strike it." But I, just, I don't know many other players apart from Santi Cazorla that can really because it wasn't just a hit and hope. He'd bend it. He'd whip it. He could do anything he wanted with both feet. So you had insider info and didn't make the most of it. Well, I was a goalkeeper, so I didn't have to be. And now, and now the role of goalkeeper's become like another outfield so player. So yeah. I'm even more obsolete oh, now. Christ, I wouldn't be able to cope. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be able to cope with another keeper. I'm like, going, you know what? He's actually like yeah. an outfielder the way yeah. he plays. I'm like from the Neville Sutherland. No, was it? Um, Neville Southall. Neville yeah. Southall <laughs> kind of mould. Remember that clip that went viral recently of Owen training with like a kid. And the kids in goal, and he's just scoring yeah, every time for fun. And, he's, and it wasn't the fact that he was scoring; he was celebrating. Like, That's how you do it, like hands up to an empty stadium. And I remember watching that as a kid. I can't. I remember I had it on like I caught on the back end of a video, something like, like Football Focus or something. And I was like, I never knew the name of the program, 
But I used to watch it all the time thinking, oh, I reckon I could get on I this. Me- you know? I remember he had, a, he had a book, Michael Owen, and it was like, how to be a footballer. I remember reading it like, this is it. This has <laughs> yeah. got me where I need yeah, to be. Yeah, no one else has this information <laughs> that I have. You just know as well, if someone like Ronaldo was doing that, they have like an analysis piece on it now. It's like, see, that's why he's a winner. Doesn't care if the kid's yeah. eight years old. Yeah. I will draw the ball at his face. There's the clip that went viral last night of um, Ibra yeah. shoving this bloke in the wall oh. and people are like, what a legend he is. Yeah, yeah, I've been I've been saying on here for ages, I don't know how anyone likes him. I oh, can't he's the king stand of shit-hatery and he absolute twat. But he, he put a thing up saying like, my city, they drew three all. <laughs> he went on like he just donned it. Anyway, getting to some Premier League action. If we, as always, kind of work our way through, some of them will have a lot more to say on than others. I've kind of, unless anyone has some, I think Brighton, Southampton, I, my notes go as far as not much to be said. So Brighton were actually the GBH, better team. Other than GBH happening in the game. Yeah. <laughs> that, that red card. Yeah, Brighton were the better team, and then that red card happened, and then it all just went downhill. If we start with Villa, Villa Everton, Friday night football, we said previously you can put any game on a Friday night and it just feels like a bonus game, so yeah. you don't complain about any of them. So I'm, I'm not sure whether Villa looked particularly good or Everton looked particularly bad. I still haven't quite made my mind up. Like uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, actually, which we do still need to give our... Uh, out of 10 spitballs, which maybe we'll get onto after. I, I still haven't seen it yet, so try not to give too much right, away. We won't give it away. We'll, we'll my, give parents our... ab- my parents absolutely slated it, said for, it's the worst film it, they've ever watched. For what watched. it's worth, I don't know how I will give you a spoiler. I'm, not, yeah. I'm still not entirely sure what yeah. happened, but I did like it. Yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think my rating depends on when you catch me. I'm going to give it... You don't get half spitballs here, so... I'm going to give it 7 out of 10 spitballs. Okay. I feel so generous watch, doing that, then. but I also feel like I would have been harsh if I gave it lower. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth a watch. You won't watch it twice. But like I said, any film over two hours has to be exceptional to watch it more than once. What did you rate The Hateful Eight? Just so I've got a good kind of benchmark to measure again. It's not a positive review from me. Well, you don't like The Hateful Eight? I thought it was watchable. Yeah, it's, it's a bit overreacted, I suppose. But I like the character. It felt like every Tarantino film you've ever seen. Rolled into one kind of thing. Yeah. TK, do you want to give us your spitballs out of 10? Yeah, you know what? I did. I found myself in there really enjoying it. But again, I was watching it just kind of like open mouth thinking, what am I seeing now? I don't, I'm no real comprehension of what's going on. I'll give it, yeah, I think a seven probably is about right. Because in terms of my own enjoyment, I'd give it an eight, but I can't give it an eight because really there is no real plot to about half, <laughs> to about three minutes left. There's a sit down interview they did for. BBC and I can't work out whether I like the guy or not most of the people in the comments did not like the guy but it was with um, Margot Robbie Brad Pitt and DiCaprio and there's a there's, it's in the trailer this as well so Margot Robbie is a film star she watches her own film at the cinema and they say look would you ever do this and then um, Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie are shaking their head and Leo is nodding his head kind of looking at the floor <laughs> no I would do that <laughs> Him and Brad Pitt do help carry the film, to be fair to them. They do. Like if it was different actors, it would be a complete... Like, mm, yeah. Dead. Yeah. yeah, this is my thing. I, I think, like, once a year we seem to get one of these films that's like, look, it's got fucking ten people in it that have yeah. won Oscars. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you watch it. And then people make the decision that it's great before they've even really yeah, People do involved. this with DiCaprio films. Ever since it yeah, became a especially. Twitter meme that he hadn't won an Oscar, it was... Yeah. 
so they gave him one for the Revenant, which I've been very vocal on saying is the most overhyped film ever. The annoying thing is he could have won them for so many different roles. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess it's just a consolation one. We've yeah. just got to be happy that he has won, I guess. He has a lot of consolation prizes, yeah. does Leah. Anyway, back to, <laughs> back, to, back to the Villa game. Wesley looked good after I did slate him last week, called him all sorts of names, saying he wasn't up for the league. He looked decent for what a Villa striker is going gonna, is gonna to be. I thought, I'm sure we'll come on to it, much in the same way as that uh, Joe Linton did. Yeah. I thought in similar sort of mould where you thought they're the perfect sort of big man. They've obviously got some shortcomings, but they'll get a certain amount of goals. And if the rest of the team can kind of Just apply them. itself around it, then they should be able to, good enough to get you, out of, uh, get you out of trouble. Villa Park was rocking as well, wasn't it? This was this was another thing I I didn't know whether it was just because it was, you know, the night game or whatever, but they were bang up for it. And I thought, that probably led into me thinking how good Villa were, was that I was kind of getting into like, yeah, this Villa is Park is a hell of a stadium. Though. It's a good stadium, it really isn't it? Is. Yeah. I mean, if you think back in the sort of late night, isn't that, it was always the semi-final FA Cup, uh, FA Cup yeah. venue was Villa I, Park. I went there for the first time, sat in the Villa end when Arsenal beat them 4-2. It was like a thriller of a game and uh, Wilshire got his first goal, Shamak scored. You can tell what kind of game it was. <laughs> but it was dead then. I know I'm not saying it in where some people are, oh, I was sat in the home end and I was like cheering but this was like one of the first Arsenal games I'd been to since being a kid and you could let out a little like show of support for the away team and nobody batted an eyelid this one bloke actually was just walking in and out just getting burgers like the entire he must have missed every goal was that their first home game of the season no it wasn't it was nah. it was um so i thought maybe that might have been you know no, it, part of what, it it was and... it was snowy at the time so that might have put people off going no i'm on about the yeah, game yeah. just got yeah, this yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, the fact know, it's under yeah. the lights out. So yeah, Friday evening, of course, back in the prem, all the rest of it. Yeah, they were definitely all well the brummies was up. For it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot easier. So I found myself. I saw Iwobi get some stick on Twitter, and I said to someone like, "It's not that bad." And I thought, "I'm being a hypocrite." It's a lot easier to say it when it's not for my team. That no, look, come on, he's not that bad. If that was for Arsenal, I'd have been saying everything they were saying. Yeah, because when he came on, I remember I put in our group, didn't I? I said, look, I just don't really see a way in which he's ever going to become a £35 million player. Or and then he hit the post straight away, and I thought, maybe he's going to shut me up, but it, it didn't. He kind of showed a glimpse of it in Europa League final. You know, he came off the bench <laughs> and was like, I'm going to change the game. Well, the thing with him, is Luke said it before, when he first Sad. did break into the team, he was being talked up. You saw yeah. flash of it, you thought, okay, but then there's just been such a time period between then where you think, He's a little I, bit like Frimpong, if you remember him, in the like, way of that yeah. he's just Arsenal through and through and they should have just maybe given him a contract for life and, and just let him do something <laughs> in the back. Squad, yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> something in the back. just let him do something behind the scenes. <laughs> I thought um, that Ken Keane, who yeah. different pronunciation depending yes. on which commentator you get, I thought you looked very raw. I, know, I was watching him thinking, you look quite a raw talent here. That we've, been to- we've kind of all maybe been thinking they need a striker he's talked up a lot I think yeah. he is still very young he, he, he didn't really look ready he's like a Mishi Bashawai that's kind of got massive profile for obviously being on the back end of some horrible racist abuse um, and that's probably why he is so well known you're so, saying I bumped him up an extra 10 mil is that what you're saying no I'm not saying so much that it's just that everyone knows who he is because yeah. of it um so, yeah, it reminds me a lot of Mitchie Bashawai. There was a clip of um, this bloke like dancing and then turning, looking horrified, and it was captioned with um, Chiellini when he sees uh, Ken's leaving, but they're also linked with Lukaku. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't um, Moise Keane also sort of 
considered as like the next Christian Vieri as well at one point. Like when he was first coming through, they and were he started like, dancing. This is this is us now, Italy. You know, like I, I didn't think they wanted to say Balotelli because he interned like shit. <laughs> but <laughs> people said with like Alan Sir Maximin. Um, and Ken coming in that like Sunis was going to turn into Alan Brazil with his red face. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, did you see that St. Maxim when he's Richie's played that quick free kick yeah. to him and he just couldn't keep it on the pitch. He's got it under his feet, but for yeah. whatever reason, he just can't keep the ball. <laughs> just just roll straight out. <laughs> yes. I said it before my brother's a Newcastle fan. He didn't watch the game on uh, Sunday. He came around after and he's like, how did he look? And I was like, I mean, he, he got he got he got injured trying to control the ball. He's like, I hope he's good. I want to get on my shirt, and I was yeah. like, maybe get it now. Yeah. <laughs> but he looks like he's going to be fun, but maybe not if he's your player. Yeah, I, from the first thing I saw, I thought, oh, he's going to be quite a flashy player. I think we said maybe not a lot of end product, but he's going to be good he was to watch. The Arsenal defense, and and then yeah, in this game, I just thought he doesn't look like a footballer. <laughs> I'm standing by that I declared Atsu the worst Premier League player in the in the league, maybe of all time. That could be a good show. He, he is, is horrific. Bad. How Chelsea got cash for him. <laughs> you saw Chelsea loaned him out the first year. We're like, maybe there's a player here. And that's what, whatever cash you want to give us, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll take it. Yeah. He was just one of them where they probably seen that he's quick. And we're like, you know, there's, a, there's a route for this in the league. Yeah. He was getting linked with clubs for like ages as well, so yeah. I feel like it's, it was, if you can throw a room up for long enough, get other people interested. It's because he's absolutely interest. rapid. I mean, you can teach everything, but you can't teach well, speed. He tore it up in Portugal as well, and it was for Porto, so it's probably more favourable as well. Yeah. Portugal doesn't seem to get this reputation of being one where players come over and they're not quite what they came over with. It's always like the French league, but you look at some of the players that come over from Portugal, and there are some horror <laughs> stories. Yeah go on to actually last thing on this so Walcott is bad I, I, I can't really say much more than that I was going to say Grealish is such a likeable bloke you can, if he was your player you not. would love him but you don't yeah, like him because he turned on Ireland yeah but I, I didn't really want him there anyway because I was just kind of like you just seem like if he was a dick I'm, I was, <laughs> if, if he's your player I can see why you because yeah, he's a bunny has, as well though isn't yeah. it and that's and that's what it is. I think any player that has that. any kind of personality on social media goes up like tenfold purely because there's oh, so yeah. little people. Yeah. It made people like start liking Kyle Walker and forget about his bird, which we, we got onto on here. <laughs> <laughs> never forget. If we get onto Norwich Chelsea, then so Chelsea win three two. Tammy Abraham looked lively. Chelsea still can't defend. Yeah. That's probably the story of... Yeah, I, th- I think that's the story of the season so far. Apart from against Liverpool, we somehow managed to defend fairly well against Liverpool in Super Cup. Yeah, it could, could be that. But you still had Firmino's Mane and Salah on the same pitch. So you would have thought even in a friendly... I mean, don't get me wrong, they had chances. But we still looked more of a better attacking uh, defensive unit than we have done in the Premier League for certain. I do remember that when it comes to things like that, um, I remember us beating... City in the Community Shield and a week later losing to West Ham on the opening game of the season. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Resox with Masterclass, that was, wasn't it? That's what it was. But yeah, as a Chelsea fan, I can see where we're going with this and I can already say that the games are more exciting to watch this season than they were last. And be that because we're not passing the ball to death and trying to get 1-0 and creating absolutely <laughs> no chances. With Chelsea at the moment, every attack we get, you think we could score it, but then every attack that the other team gets, you also equally think... 
Fucking hell. There was one when Godfrey, their centre-back, ran... The, no, it wasn't oh. that one. He ran from the halfway line with <laughs> the ball and just got through with the, and got into the area. And I was there like... Yeah, and I was there like, how the hell has that happened? Like, how... I, I want to be positive, and I am being positive, because I think, again, like I said, this is the most exciting football I've seen this play for a long time. But that needs to stop. It, that's, <laughs> it needs to... Something needs to happen with our defence. Kepper as well, I think he is at fault for both goals. I'm a big Kepper fan. Um, you rather f- Leno than Kepper, and I tried having no, this debate at no. the weekend, but nobody Kepa, joined Kepa, in. Kepa, Kepa I meant to bite on that, yeah. but then it, you know how things roll on, but I meant Kepa, to bite I said, that's actually a decent debate. Uh, Kepper is a fantastic keeper, and he's made some fantastic He's a great penalty shot stopper as well. Um, but he's young, he's going to make these mistakes. Like the Pookie goal, stay on your line. Like, you're being shepherded out there. There's no reason for you to come that far. You stay on your line, you catch that ball, it's simple. If any Premier League match day, if you search um, Pookie on Twitter, so half of it is people like going mad when he's scoring. The this other is half of football. it is um, in Malaysia, Pucky, um translates to see you next Tuesday. So they're all going mental whenever he scores, whenever they bring his name up. But also in Finnish, it translates to goat. So uh-huh. they're all going mental as yeah. well. So anytime there's anything to do with his name, Twitter yeah. just explodes in all these countries. What player he looks like though? Because he's not just a goal scorer. He's got great all round play, and I think I think he picked that, him up on a free as well. Yeah, I know it's mental, but I think well, you meant literally what he looks like. I was like yeah. odd, odd looking blokes yeah. somewhere between the Finnish and Malaysian translation. <laughs> yeah. He looks a little bit like. Yeah. Do you think what we might have Ken? another Michu on our hands? Oh, yeah. Do you remember him, I Swansea? Could he be another Michu? Yeah. Yeah. Whenever, whenever someone from like a lower half table team scores like two weeks in a row Michu trends on Twitter every time yeah. because everyone yeah. brings him up each time he was trending again on um, Saturday he still plays doesn't he who what team did he go to Malaga wasn't it no he's at Real Osvaldo did he go to someone else in the Prem from Swansea and it went horribly wrong no he went to Italy after the Prem and it I'm went thinking of uh, Wilfred Boney going to City oh, but yeah so I kind of wow. round it's kind of like my round view on that was we look great, and our young English talent. I mean, it's the only bodes well thing. Like Mason Mount, he's going to get, a, yeah, he's going to get a call is, up tomorrow. But, Mason Mount, but Mason Mount, that finish looks like he's been scoring goals in the top five for years. Like the way he takes it around two defenders and then bends it into the far corner. It's like your archetypal FIFA goal where you cut yeah. it and then just finesse it around if the keeper. Mount gets a call up before Madison, though, then that is there's something. Mental. There is something wrong because I think Madison is. I think they both deserve call ups. I, I was going to say so. Obviously, Hudson Adoy's out. Yeah. Do you think, however well Mount plays, because before the start of the season, Hudson Adoy was deemed to be the top mm. prospect, is it going to put more pressure on Hudson Adoy when he comes back to perform? Because the levels have been set. So it's not like you have yeah. a team of. Like Pedro and William. Level like th- players. Any, yeah, anything is like fresh legs. No, I agree. I mean, but at the same time, I can only see this raising the bar for the younger players that are coming through that. Like, Hudson Adoy, he was not getting played. He was getting played here, there and everywhere. And we can see loads of potential. But Mason Mount has been given the opportunity to take him with both hands, scored into his first two Premier League games. And it's not just his goal scoring. It's his all-round play. It's the kind of number 10 that England has been crying out for. And you've got to say that if Phil Foden was getting the same opportunities at Man City, you would say that he'd probably be the same kind of player. I don't know why they haven't loaned him out. But yeah, your, you your, your call on... Um, your call on Barkley being one of the ones to watch this season is 
could go down in like yeah, podcast history worst. with James Rodriguez <laughs> I mean, to Everton. He's 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 completely <laughs> like he's he's completely catfished me with his. I know he shouldn't really go a lot in preseason, but he was running the games. And he was playing really, really he, well. He's a player where if he comes on against your team, and it may just be Arsenal, I do always think like he's going to score. He yeah. has that. He looks like a threatening player until you see him in a position to be threatening. Mason Mount is everything Ross Barkley was supposed to be already, and that is massive. Remember, he had a good couple of and seasons that is for Everton. Yeah, but going back on to Tammy Abraham now because he was given his he's given his chance. He's been in for a lot of criticism, but his first goal was class. Like that, on the half volley, swivelling, back, like facing back. It's one of those goals that if your striker's got that in his locker, you know you've got a good one. He looked like he was never going to miss it as well. I know. Considering his whole thing had been, okay, he's done okay, but yeah. not great in front of goal. Yeah. It was like, yeah. bang. It was great to see that with Frank. And then the second goal, you could see that was just absolute confidence player. I think that's the game he, of inches though, because like, that was very similar to the shot Iwobi had that hit the post and then we're yeah. cursing him out. Yeah. I mean... I made a lot of fun about Arsenal. We'll come on to the Arsenal game, I'm sure. But yeah, Arsenal well. were <laughs> Arsenal were banging that game. And if Nicola Pepe finishes that goal where it's still 0-0. We'll, we'll get there. But, <laughs> but yeah, going back to Tammy Abraham, I think he's right to show faith in him. He's got something, although he's big and tall, he's rapid. He's got pace for days. And Lampard played him especially for that, to pull the defence. And you could see the gap between the Norwich defence and their midfield. You saw it in the second goal. He had acres of time acres of space and bags of time to just do what he wanted with it and he turned the defenders inside out it was a really good finish from outside the area that was actually his first goal outside the box yeah, as well yeah. wasn't it yeah. which is like whoa okay yeah and you think like if he, if he can start doing that on a regular basis then youth seems to be the way for Chelsea I, I think in general as well just having Frank Lampard as their manager is a fucking big thing yeah, yeah like yeah. if I'm a Chelsea fan I'm over the moon exactly. with that yeah. no, like when, in, when Chelsea scored their first goal Lampard was playing again. That's yeah, how it yeah. seemed. You know, yeah. he's involved in yeah. that team. I like it. And in yeah. their post-match interviews, both Abraham and Mount said about, look, we've grown up at this club. And, yeah. what's, and you could tell there's a real meaning behind and it, which I think Chelsea haven't had in exactly. so long. Exactly. Last season, our main problem was we had loads of players that just weren't motivated by the manager because he wasn't motivated. Really and didn't really give a shit, yeah, like yeah. I said, because it wasn't their home club. It wasn't their schoolboy club. But like you've got Loftus-Cheek coming through, Hudson-Odoi, Tammy Abraham, Christensen, who came through our youth system. Like, you've got a really good setup there. Barkley would always give you his all. Yeah, um, yeah. I have quite enjoyed with the, the Lampard thing, saying, like, the great for him to give like, the lads these chances. Like, what else is he going to do? You're yeah. not, not yeah. going to play Mount yeah. in a yeah. minute. Yeah. 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 Abraham is the guy you probably start and bring on Giroud. So they're, they're very fortunate with circumstances, yeah. but young players have always got to yeah. be fortunate. So yeah. this is the way it goes. Yeah. Do anyone have anything much to say on Brighton, Southampton, other than how bad the tackle was? It was bad. And yeah. That's pretty much it. It was, it was one of those games where it was. That's all you can say about it. Sandoni in there. I was really his and one. That literally is really when you were just saying about a game of inches because yeah. inch or two to the left, yeah. career's done. Yeah, because people were talking about it work saying like it was a horror show. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to go back and watch it. Yeah. I watched it just before I came on here. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, dangerous. Then the game we'll all enjoy getting on to. Man United 1, Crystal Palace 2. Mm. The stat, yeah, the stat you might not know, um, Ollie has a twenty three percent win ratio since joining United. Yeah, he's won three, bad. three, won three games in his last sixteen, and one of them was against Chelsea. It was just, it was just, it was just <laughs> well, weird. Yeah. 
just quickly, this is completely different, but Parker's also got some shit stats at the moment as well. He's won like four games in the last like 16 Who's or that? something like Parker? that. Parker? No, Pochettino. Oh. For Tottenham. Yeah. I just always like to snipe Tottenham when I can. <laughs> just put that in there. Well, we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll get on to them. So, Daniel James thought he'd saved a point in the 89th minute. What a dickhead. <laughs> Did the Mbappe celebration. Oh my God. He, the face of it as yeah. well. The what made him think to do that? Like He saw into the future. I love that. Yeah, he was, yeah like, I'm, I'm just wasting some time. Yeah. That's so good. I mean, when Martial's saying that you're overdoing it, yeah. <laughs> that's when you know, yeah. maybe I shouldn't do this. Well, that, he's played uh, three Premier League games now, and uh, he has more bookings for diving than Salah in his professional career. <laughs> They shouldn't really be that they were there was contact in both times. I thought the first one I guess, so I, thought, I thought the the most recent one I thought he was probably a little bit hard done by but The problem he's got now is he's got that tag, so whenever he goes yeah. down he will yeah. never yeah. book to it's yeah, like exactly. Zaha, do you know what I mean? Like, whenever he goes Ashley down. Ashley Young had that phase, didn't he, yeah. where he had it, so yeah. Shaw's injured again now, so Ashley Young's back with the armband. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Rashford missed a penalty. Much to read into that. I thought that was kind of, we said it a lot, game of inch because yeah. hitting the post is a bit different. It's not like he did a stupid run-up. It's not like, yeah. I mean, he took a few stars, but he does and it every time. he took one against Chelsea and scored it and it was pretty much the perfect penalty. So he would be the penalty and sometimes he missed him. So yeah. it, it is what it is. At the same time, he always hits from top corner as well. So how many yeah. are you going to hit top corner? Eventually you might hit the yeah. Exactly. Them. Yeah, I mean, I, the way I look at it, I'm a bit old school in this way. If you're a striker, you should be taking the penalties because mm. that's your job is to score yeah. a goal, score you know? Yeah. Pogba, get to the back of the fucking line, mate. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, you take yeah. the free kicks if you want. That's fine. <laughs> well, but yeah. penalties are for strikers. Gary Neville's been declared a racist for saying this, so people are saying, get him off TV. <laughs> well, we don't want to be cancelled. Yeah. The old cancel <laughs> what did he say? So, you know... After he probably missed the penalty against Wolves, he basically said, look, Rashford should be taking it all this. And people are like, you know, there's an agenda here. If Rashford wasn't British, he'd be saying, give it to someone else. Pogba. And people are saying, look, the curtain's coming down now. We see what he's really like. At this point, Rashford has never missed a penalty in his yeah. career. I, I'd understand yeah. if, if Neville was on there saying, like, look, give it Maguire. He yeah, should be having yeah, it. Yeah. You'd think, okay, yeah, yeah the guy's lost the plot. He's got an agenda. Yeah, but as it is, he seems to have a fairly good yeah. plan of action. This goes back to last week's episode where if enough things get said on Twitter, it just suddenly yeah. becomes well, fact. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, so we saw it with Abraham where the racist abuse was highlighted after he missed a penalty. We saw it with Pogba and then Rashford. Do you, and I see both sides. Do you think the best thing to do is to highlight it? Because each week now we're going to have an article saying it. But these people are doing it because... If it's, it, it's people with yeah, no face on their account yeah. to have these articles written. Yeah, and and that's what it is. And sometimes it's opposition fan accounts just signing up to do it. And it's and it's like Hazard Flicks or something like that, or something to that ilk where they've got just like a, a, a random player photo, a random app, and they've got like 14 followers. This is, and they'll say something like that. And then it'll just be like, oh, we've got a massive problem here. It's like, well... Oh, Twitter needs to do more. It's like, what can it do, really, realistically? It's like that's like saying the police needs to do more. If I went and said it to someone yeah. in the street, like they can't really do anything. If this someone is goes the to social do- media version of what I was kicked off the BBC World Service for with Luther Blissett yeah. when they were saying that teams should be dot points if there's racist chanting in the stands. And I said, what's to stop a United yeah. fan going in the city end shouting it, and then you have a title race yeah. decided? And obviously, that's a very extreme. But he boots me off the radio and I had the cheek to have to say, oh, 
signals we seem to have lost Luke there actually yeah really. see this is this is where we are at the minute we're in this fucking pandering society of where it's just like Ugh. I left the cinema like James as well McLean's a great a great example of that James McLean is white and he's been getting abuse his whole career sectarian abuse is yeah, a little bit the different Rangers not the Rangers is it the Hearts manager or Kilmarnock one of them that who's now the Scotland boss whatever yeah, his Craig name Levine. What you was the manager of? Yeah, whoever the manager is now at, uh, of Scotland, Scotland has been saying that look, nothing is done about this. Yet it happens yeah. every single week, yeah. Yeah, and especially I know the Scottish yeah. League is its own thing. But James McLean gets abuse week in week out in the Championship from English fans left, right, and centre yeah. to a point of where his wife's been getting death threats, all sorts of things, I, I, and I sp- nothing gets done about I it. I spoke to you about this, and I've spoke about it where. I was one of the people where I wasn't sending him abuse, but I was very much of the, like, I can't stand James McLean. He's making such an issue with this every year until you find I looked out into actually why he doesn't want there, to do There was a massacre in his hometown by British soldiers. Yeah. I also understand like, it. You, I also think the thing with him and Polgris is, is why is that, like, you you if you do have a criticism of him at some points, it's like you can have a criticism of him without taking that into account yeah, so exactly there's plenty that. of things yeah. to criticise that I think like McLean comes across as a guy you think he probably yeah, could rub you up the wrong way yeah. and yeah, Pogba comes across as a guy some people aren't going to like mm. it but you can kind they of separate the two yeah. so like when Neville says something about Pogba it's not he's yeah. being racist it's that right. he's making the legitimate exactly. like, objective argument and it's it's like yeah going back to the James McLean thing I was again one of the ones who was thinking why aren't you wearing the poppy and then you look into it and you think we have been the bad guys quite a lot and it's not for, if it wasn't for the Second World War, the we would be the worst bad guys of all time. Yeah. And it's just that Hitler came in and kind of yeah. stole that away from us a little my bit. Thing was yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. My thing was, I thought he went out of his way every year to say, yeah, but I'm not, not wearing the poppy yeah. this year. And I've, you, why are you doing yeah, this? It's just you know, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like this time last year, I wasn't going to wear it. What the frig's going to change this year? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah it I've is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, you've even got, you've got like former players like Neil Lennon who had to actually retire from international football because he was getting bullets sent through his letterbox, you know, with his name written yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. Saying like, if you represent Northern Ireland, you'll be killed. Yeah. So yeah, it goes a lot deeper than just, you're not wanting to wear a poppy, but yeah. If we leave United behind because there's not too much more to say other than how dreadful they were. <laughs> Sheffield. We're all enjoying it. Yeah. So Sheffield United Leicester was the next game on the list. I don't know if there's much to say about it. I know Vardy did what Vardy does and Harvey Barnes scored a belter if people haven't seen it. He's a great player. It's well, w- great, but he's a good player. It's weird, isn't it? Because yeah. a, good, a good Premier League player. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good, good Leicester kind of stuff. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Because you'd probably say that on paper, this Leicester team is better than the one that won the league. Mm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Possibly, yeah. So. But then I think when you look at that particular season, it's just a one fluke in a lifetime yeah that's what I mean so you're never going to be able to explain it so many variables how how are you ever going to be able to explain it your kids asked what happened that year but look I I don't know everyone was on that too so you've got got, like Chelsea finishing 10th and you've got like what was it Tottenham finishing 3rd in a 2 horse race and (laughs) yeah it was just mental well that one we can explain I feel like that's just the history of the Tottenham yeah Tottenham Hotspur what is that you see that video I don't know if there's much to say. Watford, disappointing again. Lost 3-1 to West Ham. Halabag, two. That's four points in three games for West Ham there. Their, their beautiful kit's just not saving them. It <laughs> just is what it is. I said if things don't go well quickly, he's going to be out. They don't They don't hang around. He could be the first one to go. 
the, he's doing really the, good. The way that it last season ended for him as well, it's like it's all good and well getting to a cup final. If you get accumulated in it, it's going to take a yeah. massive, massive toll. And their form was dreadful before the final, but yeah. people took it as, well, they're distracted by the final. Yeah. But the fact it's carried on now is leading you to think, hang on. But he had such a good start, and you think, mm-hmm. oh, this is actually Watford playing really, really well. And now they've gone down to the levels where we thought they would no be. No one manages to, to sustain it at Watford, though. No. They had it with uh, Marcus Silva. We, the thing is with Watford is they seem like uh, they they're better against a big side, you know, because it's almost like they have a setup that they're going to go they into turn that up game. Against Chelsea with. on a Monday night football every year. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, well, yeah, definitely against Chelsea. The game then we have three of us here that were affected by it. So Liverpool three, Arsenal one. First thing, so Arsenal started with a diamond formation, which was weird, but then just also it. looked like it could have paid off so it was very strange you would not paying off against a team like Liverpool that press the way they do it really is the wrong move in my opinion the thing is if Pepe scores the chance then it I looks like a genius move the game though I still feel like Liverpool go on to score three goals oh, it, it, it looks a bit in principle it, it looks good yeah of course oh yeah, yeah I get what you're saying it kind of you know like that's a bit of yeah it's backed yeah. him up type thing for why you would choose to do that. So in but f- the fact that we're just trying to play it out from the back constantly at the moment is fucking well, as far as irritating. Team selection goes, Shaka and Gwendouzi, that was the, that's not a good midfield. No. Shaka, I'll slander until my dying breath. When he, he's retired, not, why did they yeah, set up like that Anfield? Gwendouzi is a good young player. He's not future Ballon d'Or winner like some people say like you can't criticise him or Xhaka on Twitter or you literally get like pelters like like the like Nicki yeah. Minaj fans you have to like censor a name if you tweet it because you get like hounded Ceballos kept giving the ball away like yeah, no, it was he, almost like this whole thing of where no we do not kick the ball high we just pass it out it fucked him up. You know, he's like, oh, I've got to try and get rid of the ball now. Pass it straight to fucking Salah or whoever. Yeah. I'll take a bit of uh, plaudits. I did call the team selection with Pepe uh, starting up top, which I was pleased with. Just didn't quite play out. But He's got pace, hasn't he? Yeah. Serious gas. I think he just needs to get his, his, his first little goal there and then I think Save it for next week. Come flowing. So Liverpool are what, 40-plus unbeaten at Anfield. 3-1 in, when you look at where both clubs are, isn't that bad a result? The, on match of the day, because I was, unfortunately, I didn't see the game. I was on the lash at the old cider festival. Nah. Proper West Coast, uh, West Country thing. <laughs> but I watched match of the day, so I've seen the highlights of it. And uh, the commentator said, he was ruthless. He said, Arsenal will win nothing with this back four. Like, and for a commentator to say that, not mm, a pundit, yeah. but the actual commentator to just come out and say, <laughs> Arsenal will win nothing with this back four. And it was kind of like, yeah, I guess you're fucking right. Do you, <laughs> you know think, what I mean? You think it's second choice right back. Yeah. Second choice left back. So, I mean, it's in the next few hours, Monreal is going to be gone. He's going but, to sossy down on a free transfer. But which, see, Hector Bellerin doesn't solve any no, defensive no. issues at no, all. Come, no, Kieran I've, Tierney, I've if you've watched him for Celtic, just gets forward. Bellerin, he is all right. At t- well, he's, well, his oh. defending's pretty good. But he loves to bomb forward. Bellerin is coming back like a new man from this Oh, apparently. He's using his left foot now, isn't he? I've I've said it on this podcast. Um, Louise wasn't that bad. Right, so this... As oh, as a Chelsea fan, I've oh, I've seen this since 2012. Yeah, this is a man in so experience. so I have seen David Luiz play brilliant games of football, but then ruin it with two moments of madness. Mm. And 
this is what you get with David Luiz. This is what you've bought. Yeah. So you'll we get you'll get now. you'll get a great a great ball ball playing centre back who's got a good pass on him. He's very tactically aware. But then he has these moments of madness where, for example, the goal where it's he, a harsh penalty. So the penalty, yeah, but why it still you, is. Why have yeah. you got your hands on the striker's yeah. shirt? The same Just, happened at the other end yeah. on Pepe from Van Dijk, so, and nothing. Yeah, so let, let me, you've got a question: Is so, what, which one is more obvious than yeah, the other? Because yeah. one, he has a handful yeah, of it. Sin the arm. I, 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 I put in our group. See, I said the sin isn't yeah. doing it; it's making it so obvious. Yeah, getting cool. he did it. It's yeah. the fact that he's got shit pulls happen all the time, making it that obvious, and he knew it as well because he put his hand up exactly, and then he realised what he'd done with the hand. was and then he tried to do it when yeah. they put the hand up and wave on. No, no, there's nothing there. Yeah, and then, so for example, he's now on a yellow card and he's given away a penalty. So, usually, that I've seen this exact goal. The I've, I've seen the exact goal. Where se- seconds, goal Salah's second goal. I've seen that exact goal for Chelsea so many times a year, where he jumps up, misreads it completely. Usually, he would take him out, but he realised... Yeah, he had the awareness that he knew that it was on a yellow. <laughs> and then he puts his hand up, like his hands up as if, oh, don't shoot, don't shoot. And then, <laughs> and then yeah, and then doesn't, and then doesn't track back. I've seen that so many times. But this is, you know, Mustafa's just shit, playing shit. David Luiz will trick him into thinking he's like world class. And then he'll get, and then he'll do that the thing, twice in one the game. The thing that was irritating me was immediately every Chelsea fan I've ever come into contact with have said this is why we didn't want David Luiz yeah. as if they yeah, had just what you paid you 8 million for that's why we only sold him for 8 Norwich. million the Chelsea defence is better with David Luiz in it it's not well, Chelsea fans were saying this yeah, no, no, it yeah. wasn't that he's been shoved out and no, just like you, we don't want him I'm not, yeah. saying, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that at all I wouldn't want him to go to Arsenal because I do think he does shore up a little bit for you he is going to well, bully Kane but, on Sunday but all but all I'm saying is is that Get ready for that because you'll see that in every game this season. If it's not him, it's someone else. So you, I'll take what he does like, the rest of the time. Rudiger Rudi- didn't get enough praise last season for how many times David Luiz did that and then seen, he got him out. I've not seen anyone stop rise while injured like Rudiger has. <laughs> yeah. Because he's a calamity in himself. He's better than anything you've got at Arsenal at the moment. He's not better than Socrates. He is. Wow, you, you say that, but did you see Socrates try and defend that corner? With his, we we talking about <laughs> shirt grabbing. Yeah. Fucking hell! Yeah. He almost ripped the Van shirt Dijk clean off him. Had Gwenduzi's shirt on that corner. Yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> so that makes it better. <laughs> Gwenduzi, I'm now full of it, and I turned yeah. into the ref to genuinely appeal. <laughs> yeah. Van Dijk was appealing so much he genuinely didn't know there was a goal. He's right. turned around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, oh, oh shit! It's a goal. No, I was joking there, but there were people saying, uh, "Why isn't VAR pulling it back for the?" Pull on Gwen Doozy. Talking about VAR, just going back to the Norwich game ever so slightly. So the build-up to their first goal was a clear foul on Tammy Abraham. And everyone said the reason why it wasn't given is because they passed the ball back three metres. And that was a new... And, and that was a new phase of attacking play. Yeah, I saw some horrific calls for penalties and this weekend. Yeah. Chelsea game was one of them. Yeah. Well, that VAR, that, was a, that should have been no, a penalty. No, it wasn't. Just he, because... He kicks his leg. Just because you touch him... He, he fu- it doesn't was a fu- mean it's he a penalty. Fu- That's he f- the problem with VAR. He full on pu- yeah. punts his so, leg. So, hang on, hang on. If, you can, if we can rewind, yeah. because this same thing happened in the Europa League final on Lacazette. Yeah, but there's no VAR. And you, but there was VAR in the Europa yeah, League. Yeah, and you said it wasn't a penalty because there wasn't enough contact. I'm trying to think. Of what I'm, I can't remember it completely, but I know. Kepa nails his legs. It was a blatant kick of the legs, but oh yeah, anyway, so was this. It was forward anyway, so. Yeah, we well, need to go back <laughs> to that. 
Liverpool, I think they play like that. Anyone against Bar City, they're gonna beat is just how yeah. much they were gonna beat them by. When it was it's scary, isn't it? When it was three nil, I was like looking like, to yeah. above. It looked like they were because I was about to say that I thought Arsenal up until that point had given a good performance, where I, I could see the method and what they were trying to do. A little bit like with the City game last year, where you ended up getting beat, but I could see what you'd been trying to do, and it almost worked. There was definitely but, an improvement on last season's performances yeah, against the, the yeah, two times. Absolutely, against I, I thought that was that kind of ended up being almost overstated by people like Gary Neville. I thought they're kind of getting patronised now. <laughs> Arsenal still like a certain level. You don't yeah. have to talk down to them. Yeah. But yeah, a three 0 There was that phase, wasn't there? The, the crowd up for you thought they might open them up here, but again, no. That's an improvement because maybe Arsenal of yesteryear probably would have made it five or six. So. There is a bit more of a solidity to them. It's just a case of how quickly are you going to be able to sort of improve. When I look at Liverpool, sorry to cut across quickly, just to make this one it, but when I look at Liverpool and I look at Jurgen Klopp and they compare him to Pep Guardiola, and I think you've got Robertson for like nothing from Hull, like seven million. Um, you've got a midfield with Milner, Wijnaldum and Henderson in it. And then you've got Mane who came from Southampton, Firmino from Hoffenheim, and then Salah... Who's their most notable one? He came from Roma, was it right? Yeah. He signed from Roma. Yeah, you think that's like fifty-five million between Henderson and Wijnaldum. Exactly, and that's what I mean. Um, I know they spent big on Van Dijk, and they yeah, that spent was a lot of the time. Though. Yeah, twenty minutes on Henderson was yeah. slated until it worked yeah. out. And then they've gone big with a keeper, and Trent Alexander-Arnold came through the youth ranks. Yeah. But Pep Guardiola has gone and bought an entire new team. Whereas two new teams, really. Yeah, two new teams. Whereas Jurgen Klopp has got them playing like that. From, I imagine Klopp uh, would if he was given the money that's... If you told me a midfield of Milner, Wijnaldum and Henderson could play in a team like that a couple of seasons ago, I'd have laughed yeah. at you. If you give me a £74 million budget on football manager, I'm spending £74 million yeah, yeah. 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 I'm spending the whole budget, regardless. Yeah. And Yeah, exactly. It's, whereas almost all managers in the rest of the league being told, right, you've got a certain budget and then you can sell players to make more money on that. Mm. Pep has... That's basically where his freedom comes from. He has that license to look. Yeah, you don't have to sell anyway if you don't want to. Yeah. You can well, do what you want. You don't have to have that sort of one step for, one step back to make two steps forward. You can just like, go ahead straight away. The, the main thing that I've seen is like Fernandinho is so key to them. So they've got Gunnigan, who is top class as well. But then they've gone and bought Rodri. But just in case, yeah. just <laughs> just in case Fernandinho can't play all the games this season because he's getting on, that's the difference. That's where their strength and depth come from. Just before we get on to uh, Spurs and the cricket then, two things that were brought up was, I was going to say, the first 10 minutes of that game on some Saturday, I thought, Christ, this is going to be bad. Yeah, and then yeah. and then it settled so, and then yeah. it could handle that. But someone's dragged up earlier. If you remember when Alexis Sanchez was linked with City, someone's dug up all the tweets of when the news story went around that City were looking to offer Raheem Sterling in exchange for Alexis Sanchez plus Holy cash. So that, that that was Sky Sports news at the time, and there was all sorts of Arsenal fans saying, "That's not enough. We don't want we don't want Sterling. We end up taking Mkhitaryan and saying, "Look, we'll have Sterling if you give us like forty million on top of it and all this." And City fans going, "Oh, we'll take yeah, Sanchez we'll for him." Yeah. We'll t- and then look how things turn out. Yeah, look how things turn out at City. Yeah. Would he would he be the same player if he'd have come to Arsenal, or would he just do another? I think, I will be I think Sanchez such... would have been a success at City purely because he doesn't have to do any defending there. And, and also, I don't think he'd have been seen as the saviour. No, like as he was when he went United. There was a great video that went around the other day. Just was like a 
hey guys, Sanchez, you know, he's still there. Should we have a recap of when you signed him? Yeah. And it's like, you know, like Man United yeah. fan TV. Yeah, I saw And they're chatting away to the guys in, the, around, in and around the stadium. And fuck me. When he, said, he says on something. there, um, he says, you're coming to all trying oh, to play with world-class yeah, no, players saying. like Jesse Lingard. Yeah, he said, you've <laughs> traded Lingard. No, I will be for Lingard. And I was like, <laughs> that's basically the same. Here's a, here's a fun stat. A fun stat that I saw the other day that Adam Johnson yeah. still yeah, has still has more goals and assists in the last ten Six. years than Jesse Lingard does, and he was in prison for like three oh, or four yeah. of them. Is, does, it, does anyone have much to say on the City Bournemouth game? So I feel like we're just repeating the same every week with them. It's yeah, like, it's oh, standard. Yeah. yeah, they get the ball, they pass it around, they get it in the net, and that's that. I mean, it's great goal by Harry Wilson. I have to yeah. point that out. Great free kick. But, if we get on to then Spurs Newcastle, just conscious about time, dire performance again from them. They looked, they managed to look good without looking good. Like they look like they're flowing nicely, but nothing happens with it. And Joe Linton, the amount of time he had, I don't know if it's they were, whether it's Joe Linton or they were doing it like Joe Linton. So I don't know what it is. He's got like one of those names that's five names long. Did you watch that ridiculous talk sport clip of yes. them talking about? I'm sick of people pronouncing names correctly. Yeah. 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 I get it when it's like, there was like Catholo and it was like Catholo Catholo. But they were saying like, you should not pronounce any name correctly. You should pronounce it all as if it was an English name. Yeah, but then that falls down when you have names like Cazola where they don't actually have an English translation I hated for that, that way yeah. that it's pronounced etc so it is what it is I hated that in but, school when people used to say what's your name in French like, it doesn't change yeah. because it's in French yeah. it's still the same name <laughs> the, the worst one back in the day for me used to be there was a commentator he still commentates now I won't name him in case he's listening <laughs> and uh, he used to say he used to call Solskjaer Solskjaer like, <laughs> like that so it, like he'd carry on with it normal and then he'd say Solskjaer and it was like, where's that no, come from? My my pet hate was always David Louise. <laughs> Do you hear that? Instead of David Louise, it's David yeah. Louise. <laughs> he would always say David Louise. I mean, maybe we shouldn't start too much of a witch hunt on pronunciation yeah. when Alex couldn't pronounce Ibrahimovic's name. <laughs> Zoltan, Zoltan, Alex, yeah. let's, get, let's get his first name right, come on. <laughs> he just kept saying Zoltan, yeah. like, all right, we'll let you have it. Yeah. Isn't that from Dude Wears My Car? Yeah. That's the, yeah. Yeah. He was going on like a Joey Diaz. Yeah. But yeah, so, going back to like the Spurs game, I think my prediction with Newcastle was still range trim, and you got a lucky... Yeah. You've got a lucky result in you every season. If Spurs play that badly, and they played that badly against City, they just got two very lucky goals. Well, we didn't talk about it on here where Paul Dummett said they weren't told how to warm up correctly. Yeah, and you, and you, there's that clip of um, Steve Bruce where he was giving out instructions to someone and then he, you can clearly hear him like the yeah. lip read and say, oh, whatever, something yeah. like that. <laughs> and you're there like... These guys are going down. Yeah. And it's because they of should, Steve Bruce. They should adopt the Lampard thing. Look, he's a Geordie lad. Yeah. you got to get behind him. Thing is, though, if you manage Sunderland for that lot... Yeah. Like, I was going to say, isn't he? Yeah. No, he is a Geordie. He's a Geordie. He's, he's, he's already managed them, yeah. so it's a bit... Exactly. Type of thing. The thing that did annoy me, as much as I wanted Newcastle to win, obviously, was the staying down and appealing for Spurs to kick it out. Oh, yeah, I, I hate so. it. I hate it when Arsenal players do it. I hate it when other players do it. I hate it even more when you're losing and you kick it out. Yeah. You, oh, do, yeah. like, you don't see it in rugby. Like rugby, you've got someone with this Kate shoulder lying on the floor and people are they playing just, around they, him. They carry on. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's rucks next to yeah. him and they're just playing around like, him. Spurs were getting an absolute shellacking off the crowd, but I was at fair play to them for carrying on yeah. because you shouldn't. No. 
There's nothing in the rules to say so. No. There's if there was a few in the not shells again. Bleed them from the end. You might feel yeah. oh, I feel yeah. a bit bad, yeah. but you knew. Just to close out then, then we'll have a bit on the cricket. So North London derby predictions, Jack. If we start with you, I think me and Troy probably you might know where we're going. So yeah, um, it's at the Emirates. It's at the Emirates. I'm going. I can't see anything more than an Arsenal win, but I do hope for a one-one. Just the teams around us kind of both dropping points. Kind of thing. Yeah, it's there does seem to be trouble at Spurs. I don't know if it's just becoming a narrative that they're saying there's trouble, but. Poch isn't sort of dampening the fires at all. He's kind of saying it's unsettled. Yeah. Can't wait for the transfer window to be closed or whatever. So I'm going to say 3-2 Arsenal in a thriller, but I could see 3-2 either way. Because let's face it, Arsenal <laughs> do have some defensive mistakes in them and it would be very characteristic of both teams that Spurs maybe put a middle finger up to people who've been going to yeah. But I, I, I do fancy Arsenal in this one. The That's home the thing with a derby as well, isn't it? I mean, you mm. could never write off any team no. in a derby because they could have been they could have lost 10 games in a row. They'll be up for the Arsenal game. They say they that always if, are. If you took the last four months of Premier League action and put it in a table, Spurs would be 18th. Wow. I'll go with an Arsenal win begrudgingly, but I don't think it'll be easy. Pepe yeah, last minute winner would be I think we will win lovely. but yeah like, like horrible say. feeling he's going to start five at the back that's my prediction this week for the lineup. anyway onto the cricket I won't be able to lead this one too much but what I will open us up with is um, a quote I saw from the start of the article on ESPN that said a day that began full of possibility flipped and flopped and flipped again on the balance of probability and ended with an air of impossibility as England kept the ashes alive thanks to Stokes match winning century yeah, I mean, if you look at the way the whole test unfolded and people were calling into like disrepute about Joe Root's captaincy and stuff and headingly, especially in Leeds, when you go for the toss and if you win it, you look up. I mean, it was cloudy, perfect bowling conditions. Exactly, and if you've got the weather on your side to help you, that, that becomes even more of a case. And then you think 179, Australia bowled all out first innings, you think, Headingly, that's pretty decent because the pitch usually gets flatter, especially when they forecast the week we've just had with the sun and the visibility. So definitely made the right choice in bowling on the first day. But what you couldn't take into account for <laughs> was that absolute capitulation of 67, was it 67? 67 all out. And you think, we haven't got anything to really dampen that down. That was perfect batting conditions. It was sunny, perfect visibility. And it was the same story that we've seen. Like usually, it's been one or two batsmen that've gone out. It was Burns at the first test, Edgebaston. You've got um, Roy can't stand to save his life. Yeah, you've got um, um, Stokes. Was it it Lords that helped us out? I think it yeah, was. Scott, yeah, Scott Sentry, Scott Sentry yeah. at Lords. And then that's what you've got. But we didn't have any of that this time. Everyone just got out, and it was like. Am I really watching this? This is the ashes going. When I thought I'd forgot, forgotten about it, I saw a high score of 12. Yeah. <laughs> on <that one> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we've got we've got literally two more tests on top of this. But the problem we've got now is that I know we've got, we had Steve Smith out for the kind of concussion for this test, but you brought in Manus Labuschagne, who's actually the only other Aussie batsman that looks like he can hit a knock. He also looks like Darren Till. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But now you're going to have Labuschagne and Smith in the same team and we do look a bit inept when it comes to let's just commit attempted murder and that's the only way we're going to get them out. (laughs) But going back in... Sorry, mate. You go, you go, you go. Well, what I was just going to touch on is if you've been watching England cricket over the last few years and you know that this is 
very much capable of being bowled out for under 100. Yeah. I just, in in terms of red ball cricket, I mean, in one day mode and T20 mode, we are the top team in the world. Yeah. We've been leading that forefront on the last three or four years. But when it comes to red ball cricket, which is, let's be honest, their bread and butter, yeah. that's, what all the, that's what all the kids grow up playing yeah. and yeah. what you look to, you know, get to, to test cricket. Yeah. That's the pinnacle. The way that we've been batting over the last two years or so has almost been literally like they've said, look, take your form from one day cricket and go and do it there. When it's almost like that doesn't make sense because the people that's running the show are former players and greats that that had strike rates of, say, 34 or 40. You know what I mean? It's crazy. When does the next test start? So it's not till September the 6th in Old Trafford in Manchester. So we've got a bit of a rest. And that's going to be... But going back on from what you said there, Troy, is that is definitely right. You've got Jason Roy opening, and he opens like he's playing three in one day, yeah, wafting it, wafting everything. It just carries straight through the slips. Same with Bairstow. And some of the shots on that 67 not out was disgraceful. Two, two like, batsmen got out. Yeah. The rest got themselves out. Exactly. Yeah. Well, before so, the run on the last day, yeah. uh, Stokes had two runs from the last 50 balls, yeah. didn't he? That's how you play test cricket. So, yeah. So yeah. we'll move on from that now, and we'll bask in the glory. So then we get... <laughs> So then we get Australia, and what was their total? Was it two? Three. Well, what they set us. Oh, uh, yeah. They set three, it was three. Three sixty odd. Three six. Three five. It was three five nine. It was the. Yeah. That was the highest test uh, Ashes, total yeah. taste chased down. Yeah. By England. Previous best was three three two way back in nineteen twenty eight yeah. in Melbourne. So we open up the day, and I was sat there thinking, look, if Joe Root stays in, and for kind of we've got Butler our tail wags just a little bit it wouldn't be too bad Joe Root gets out and I've got to say it was an excellent catch it went over oh, the keeper's yeah. head but it was a silly shot it was a silly shot again but it was a brilliant catch and you're thinking right okay Johnny come in Johnny Bairstow let's do something here and he, he starts playing full face to the bat <laughs> and you're thinking this is brilliant okay cool cool and then he gets up to a one day shot again where he wafts at something and he goes straight down to third slip and you think right we've still got Joss Joss, come in, just play for Stokes, because Stokes looks like he's got himself in here, just play for him. And that horrible run out, and you, your stomach just sinks. Yeah. And you're there. Stokes looked like he felt yeah. so bad. That's the like, yeah. Over yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, my dad was saying, like, turn it off, it's not yeah. <laughs> And I was there like, no, I reckon, look, Stokes is there, he looks like he's got the bit between his teeth, and you can just tell when Stokes is up for it. Um, and they get Wokes in, and Wokes can bat, yeah. and he, he's got runs. He's got test centuries, Yeah, he? he's got runs in him. And he gets out to, and, I've played this shot so many times. The drive, offside drive, to me like mid on. And it's just at the most catch. And you feel like you've middled it. And you think, this is going. And then there's a fielder there. And it's like, no, it's Straight not. Yeah. And you're there like, oh, for fuck's sake. What? And I, I tweeted out. It's a frustrating yeah. shot. I was yeah. like, what the fuck are you doing, you dickhead? It playing that shot. <laughs> so then you think, right, Joff, you know what he's going to do. He's going to come and just try and hit it. And he did. Back to back boundaries. <laughs> and you think, okay. Let's see what the boy can do. And then he goes straight to the boundary. He's caught on the boundary. And you think, he, he was like, like, if you yeah. played Brian Lara and you yeah. went into battle of the tail end, yeah. there, it was like, there's no just technique slug, just, slug just it. see what happens. And you're thinking, right, jo- it, like, Stokes, he's got in. He, that's what our batsmen have failed to do in this whole Ashes series, is get in and stay in yeah. and be tough for people to remove. Cool. Like Collingwood, when he would bat for five hours at the crease. Yeah, Troy... Troy sent me this across yesterday saying uh, 
Facts are that when the target is over 300, teams win roughly one every 10 times. When that goes past 350, the probability comes down to under 4%. Yeah. And it was, I've said to my mates, they're like, oh, it's like being down 3 0 down at half time and coming back and winning 4 3. It's like, no, it's like being 10 0 yeah. down at half time and winning 11 10. Yeah. So. Like a, lot of, uh, a lot of friends of mine that sort of touch on cricket a little bit, not too much, you know, were giving me messages early in the morning, like, you know, what's the likelihood of this happening? Do you reckon they could do it? I said, no fucking chance in hell. We text yeah, on Saturday. on the way back. Yeah. They're going back to Australia and that's that. The game's done and dusted. Like, you just, it just doesn't happen in test cricket. Like I text that. you on Saturday morning saying England don't have a chance here, do they? And you said, absolutely not. No. <laughs> See, I actually kept a bit of positivity through it. I was like, you know what? I've, because I go back, like, when I was watching test cricket 10 years ago, when I first probably got into it after the 2005 Ashes series. Um, and we got your openers, Strauss and Cook, who would just bat for yeah. days. And you had KP coming in at three or four, and they would just bat for days. Now it's not like that. Like you said, it is one day format. You've got a team for and the one day hitting, exactly. Yeah. And if you get a score over two fifty, that's deemed as decent these days. Which is before it's like you had to get to four hundred to make sure mm-hmm. you had it sealed. Um, so yeah, you've got Archer out, and then obviously in comes. Broads and he gets out to an LBW Broad. again. Stuart Broad yeah. can't bat at the minute. He yeah. hasn't been able to bat for five, six years. Once upon a time, he was, that, he was touted as an all rounder. Like, yeah, people he he said, oh, he's top. better than just a bowler. He yeah. could be an all rounder. And yeah. then that's I think it was 2009 series. Mitchell Johnson scared the <laughs> shit out of him. Yeah. Uh, like he did with a lot of batters. Yeah. Matt Pryor was yeah. another one. Jonathan Trott. Yeah. These boys got the fear of God in them when yeah. it comes to bouncers. And Broad got hit, didn't he? Badly. And he, yeah, he got hit bad and it. He's never batted the same. It was KP that scared Mark Pryor, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so in comes Jack Leach. And you think, right, he had 92 at Lords, um, but he's relatively... I mean, he can hold a bat. He can hold a bat in his hands, <laughs> but we we don't know really what he's capable of here. So we're just thinking, we don't want you to do anything. We just want you to stay in for Stokesy and see what can happen. And then, like you said, two from his first 42 deliveries. Just one. 76. No, we're talking about Stokes. Yeah, Stokes. 76 from his next 42. And he's just thought, fuck it, I am teeing off here. A couple of those sixes as well. Yeah. You figure, oh, hang on, this is going to be close. And then... It yeah. was like it was just watching magic. It was one of those all time as well because they were shouting yeah. like catch. Yeah. So they obviously fought. It was yeah. one of, and it was one of those all time cricketing moments where it's one of those all time sport moments. Full stop. That people were sat up and just watch it because it was the jeopardy of it. And we go back to this. There's been innings of Brian R getting like four hundreds, and there's been innings of KP getting two, three, five, and there's been all of these. But there's never been someone that's been smacking the around the park for six. Smacking all over the gaff with one wicket in hand. The jeopardy side of it, the danger side of it. To be playing a reverse slog sweep with one wicket left and hitting him for six was just unbelievable. And he is statistically the best spin bowler in Test cricket. Well, we've got uh, Brad who writes for the podcast and he's got the benefit of being Australian but living in England. So he actually was the one that coined the future Kashani intro during the World Cup where he just whipped off his Australia shirt and had his English shirt <laughs> yeah. underneath. So during this he was able to just go, and I can appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Good, yeah, good performance. So, again, when we when we talked earlier about it, it was a game of inches, a game of margins, and that's exactly what it came down to. So obviously we had the missed run out where um, Lyon get sent back and you're like, oh my god, what has he done? 
If the like, ball on any sort of hands, and, that's game and over. And it's it's, but, it's lying. And if if there's any lucky, if there was any Aussie that you would want it, other than Warner, probably you would want Lyon to be the one to fumble that. Yeah, that was some that was some karma coming back. It's, it's, the words he said. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. And it's like Matt Pryor is sent out on Twitter today. He's called from on Twitter essentially. And he did, yeah. Shane Warner's Shane came, was crying about it. Yeah, wasn't he? yeah, yeah. I saw Shane Warner was crying about. It, but at the same time, yeah, like he got like that kind of mental disintegration they called it. Yeah, and yeah. he deserved that. Yeah. I loved it. And then you had. Tim Payne, <laughs> who has got into that position by an absolute lottery. I don't. He has. Yeah. He's got. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like he hasn't. He's he's kept okay, and he's got absolutely no runs. No. Um. So yeah. he shouldn't really be there. He so like a flashback. To I, the exactly. days, really. I nearly pulled exactly off. That, yeah. I nearly pulled off a similar feat for Eagles back in uh, primary school as the <laughs> last batsman, but <laughs> yeah. didn't quite manage. Yeah. And you had your glasses yeah. on too. You had to stop yeah. the clean yeah. there. Yeah. I actually so, didn't, didn't have them on. That might have been why I didn't manage it. So again, game of inches, and then you go to an over where the ball is pitched so far down leg. Yeah. It is untrue. And the, and the bowler, was it Cummins, the bowler? No, it was, that was Lyon. That was, was it? Yeah, he was bowling spin still at that time. Okay, so it's basically saying that Tim Payne is got desperate here. Like, he's like, we we need to get someone out. We've got one review left. But where did it pitch? And he said, it pitched down leg. And he was like, right, we're going to do it anyway. And then the next over, one of the worst umpiring decisions that I've seen in a long time, it was plum. Stokes was plumb out. I was, I was watching. I was thinking, yeah. I'm very surprised that he hasn't. Given I think that the just... only reason the only reason why he hasn't given it is because he's getting so much spin. I think that he was go- think it was going down leg. Mm. And how far uh, how far Stokes was down the track? Exactly. Well. Yeah. It, it, was, just, it was hard. Yeah. To, it was hard to call. Did you see that? But England had one review left. So would you not just give it out and then see if they were wrong because they had a review? Yeah. So. I think he bottled it to the crowd, and obviously I'm not complaining. Did you see that Aussie writer that was complaining about it this uh, yeah, yeah. last night? But like, yeah, but, it was like, well. why? but this coming back down to Tim Payne, and again his captaincy here, is that he burned that review. He's got no one to blame but himself. He had a review. If he had not burned it well, for not, no reason, when his bowler's telling him that um, he pitched outside the line. Ricky Ponting on comms, I thought he was really good actually as well, but he was saying literally don't review this. It's like, this is obvious. Don't bother. Yeah, You're wasting it. And it, it kind of foreshadowed it perfectly yeah. as to what was going to happen. Well, I, I actually, I had the game on the telly and I listened to it on TMS. I I got into cricket through the radio. It, it sounds really weird. Yeah, I listened is, yeah. to cricket before <laughs> right. I watched it. Yeah. TMS, as far as commentary, you cannot beat it. Sky is the worst commentary I've ever seen in my life. They <laughs> they can they can let it go for two or three overs without saying a word yeah, on Sky Cricket. Last, Whereas TMS will talk you through absolutely everything that's going on. And when that happened, uh, Glenn McGrath was in the in the commentary mm. box with Jonathan Agnew, and he said um, Agnew was kind of like, you know, what has he done reviewing that? And he said, would you have reviewed it? And he said, yes, yeah. I would have, because it is that situation of where. <laughs> I yeah, might not get another chance. Yeah. We might not get another LBW yeah. chance here, so we just have to use up our last review yeah. or lose it. That was know? them as a whole. They got desperate yeah. very quickly, didn't they? Because well, they never oh, sort of manipulate... So, they so, never manipulate a situation where you... Feel, basically, you just got to get a situation where you're going to be able to bowl at Leach as much as you can. Yeah, and yeah. each time, they were letting him get away with yeah. the fact that they get Stokes in ready for... So the, they the, faced one ball each over. The, what they should have done to Leach is they should have got everyone around the middle, every, just intimidated the hell out of it. Yeah. yeah, but what it, they gave the upper hand to England because they were putting people on the boundaries with like 40 runs to go thinking right let's stem the float and they should have yeah. gone right they're going to get it so let's just try and bowl them out yeah. so carry on mate did you see the clip of um, 
I'm not too sure what point of the game it was, but one of the uh, outfielders for Australia asking Stokes if he touched a ball before they used a review. And, and he waits for the DRS timer to go down. And he was like, no, <laughs> hoping that he's going to burn it, yeah. But yeah, so that's all of the nitty gritty side of it. But let's just bask in the absolute glory that is Leach with the best one not out I have ever seen in my life. And the fact that he actually went back out afterwards still in his whites <laughs> yeah. and reenacted it at full pace. Do you, do you think that England has set themselves up to be a laughing stock now if they don't win this because of the reaction to this, regardless no, of No, because I think as, as like an individual moment of sports amazing brilliance, no. It's but something you, that should be celebrated. Do you not and think I'll you're going to see a lot of the... Like we had the work, England celebrating like they've won it before they've won. Um, it. Yeah, you I mean, you you will get that. You'll get that as like you would in any sport. However, this innings with the jeopardy with it, with one wicket left, for him to start teeing off like he did, was just unbelievable. And so w- the winning shot was a boundary, like that was so far wide. There was that he just flashed his bat and it came straight out the middle, and you could see the confidence there in him. And that is what won us the game. Ben Stokes is just pure confidence in his own ability he was thinking well I'm not gonna just have a go at this and hope it hits the boundaries like I'm clearing the ropes here I'm going for six I'm not playing safe because he knew that the more chance they had at leech the more chance they had to get him out so he's thinking right I'm just gonna smack it and if we get out we get out um one thing though um that I was quite impressed with was the way Tim Payne dealt with it at the end so they interviewed him after and he just he just basically said look we've just witnessed one of the best games of cricket Ever. It just so happens that we're on the wrong side of it, <laughs> yeah. and that's how cricket can be. Yeah. You know um, what I mean? The, the next time round, you could it could be the exact opposite. You know, I think, or they could have got him out with yeah. that review, and think, that could have been that. Things so. must have got in their heads where so many things started going for him that you think we almost can't fight this. You think, yeah, and it makes me laugh well, when you say about so, it's not so much going against them; is that it was the nerves. That fumble for the run out was yeah. nerves. Yeah, and, the, it was yeah. and there was a, a drop, it, a drop catch, which they said probably it was catchable. It wasn't yeah, like nerves, it was that. Yeah, yeah. nerves. That's nerves. when like those articles about oh well, actually he was out, so it doesn't count. It's like yeah. so often people will say about oh well they got luck. It's like name me somewhere where someone's warm where they haven't rode their luck. Like yeah. every time that's, there's always something in there. That's and why that's Test kind of, cricket. That's part of the story. Is better than one day cricket and ten and twenty twenty cricket because the clues in the name it is a, it is a test. Mm. It's a test of your character. It's a test of your technique and skill. Like, you know, there's a lot of these guys. It's a pasty bloke out in thirty plus. Yeah, there's a lot of guys out there that will only play that will only play one day cricket because they can, like Chris Gale, for instance, can slog it to every part of the pitch. But then when he's being told you've got to bat for five and a half hours, and and for the first two you're probably going to have to defend, he's not interested. No, no. And I think again that's the grit side of it. So people go, "Oh, cricket's boring. Cricket's shit. Cricket's that." And it's like. You've just watched someone stand and have to keep concentration. 133 minutes. Yeah, that's just just under six hours. He was out in the in thirty degree heat and for a ginger. Yeah, as man. we can all feel the TK, pain. Well, I was feeling the heat yeah. for him. I was, I, was get, I was getting burnt just looking at him. I was putting factor fifty yeah. on in my living room. Yeah, like. <laughs> he bagged Leach yeah. uh, the Specsavers deal. He can yeah, get a, he can yeah. get a factor fifty deal yeah, from yeah, anyone, yeah, whoever yeah. he wants. So man, I hope so. But I'm yeah, fortunate because made no secret here. I'm not a avid cricket watcher I said I watch IPL when I work at home or I'm at home doing nothing because you can just have it on but to have tuned in for the World Cup and then this test series has been like as lucky as I I think this has been amazing for cricket as a whole because how we've got the entire nation now talking about two cricket games I was glad that when was the last time any sport 
other than football, really, or rugby, when we won the World Cup, was, had a good run. When was the first? When was the last time that happened in sport? In I was I was watching the City game and keeping up with the cricket, and I was just lucky that Bournemouth didn't pull it back after the free kick. And yeah. so as soon as City scored again, I was like, right, that's it. I'll switch yeah, that onto yeah, the yeah, TV, yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. got to tune in because I, even as a non-cricket fan, I was still every time they hit the ball. It, you have the camera where it's up in the air and you can't see what's you going can't on. Quite it see like... it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was a similar one with the World Cup final. Me and my friend, who isn't really into cricket, like you say, kind of watches a bit of IPL every now and again. He was on the edge of the sofa, like as as enthralled with it all that I as I was, you know. But, but people, are, people are saying that our Test cricket lasts too long. It's like, well, it's the entire story on how it gets down to that last yeah. ball, how it gets down yeah. to that last wicket, how it all unfolds. That's what creates this drama. Is that. It's like football. If you lose in 90 minutes, oh, we'll go again next week. Test cricket, you've spent five days giving it your all. Yes. And it can come down to Jack, yeah, Jack Leach getting a one not out. This is like slightly off to the side, but I can't think of any other sport that wouldn't really suffer at all from like high-profile cases of cheating. Like If you look at, say, cycling, I'll just take this one high-profile case and everyone just now chucks it to the side and says, like, they're all cheats. And I'm not saying that's the case with cricket, but when you have as recently as the Australia team cheating, what was it, a year ago, two years it, ago? It literally yeah. came out about a day ago, some guys from Hong Kong that played for the yeah, Hong Kong it, team. It doesn't They've been affect it at all. Destroyed. Because the problem is with cricket is it's not top, top money unless you are IPL guys and all the rest of it. So the fact of the matter is, if I'm a bowler and I've got a chance of making 10 grand by bowling one crap over... It's not the end of the world type no. thing, like because bowlers do bowl crap over sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, c- I can kind of understand w- where it comes from if you're, you know, John Smith that plays for Gloucestershire. Well, like, that no, no, and, and probably doesn't get paid that much money. I uh, said to you during that final over at a cricket world cup, what is this clown bowling here? Uh, <laughs> when he had the first one that went wide, wasn't it? Had the first balls a wild. They were slating him on whatever day it was where he had the, like four wickets and they were slating him all day and then he just happened so, to write before the end of the day. No, um, Archer. Oh, no, yeah. They were, oh, Archer. Yeah, they were slagging him off all day and then he, right at the end of the day he got all the wickets in quick succession and they had to just quickly swallow well, their words. No, yeah. so so with Archer, um, with Laws, he put his all into that because he wanted to get on the honours board. He, he put his absolute all, he was bowling at 96 miles an hour which is unheard of even for quicks. And like, so much so, the best batsman in the world, Steve Smith, gets concussed by one of his balls because he because he can't see it. Do you think that's mental that you just kind of brush that off? Like it just happens in cricket, just someone gets pinged well, in the head. Well, it's, that's what I've been saying to you forever. Watch Fire in Babylon; it's so good, and you've got four of them, well, four fa- blokes that can bowl at in over fairness, ninety mile an hour. I haven't watched it, but I, but I have. When passed they don't wear on, helmets as yeah. well back then. I have passed on the recommendation to two others, so <laughs> I, I've done it without watching that's great. it. <laughs> so. I think now this little break between the next test, because we've got a while now, we've got a few weeks, that's going to be great for Joff because he was knackered after Lords because the amount of strain as a bowler, you'll never fully fit as a bowler, especially if you're a quick. His run-up even was shorter. Yeah, his follow-through with his arms wasn't as high. But he's still got six wickets. You're not not convincing me you need this much of a run-up. Start doing that for penalties. Yeah, it goes to show that how good a bowler he can be because even when he's bowling at an 86, which is considered fast, but that's slow for him or medium pace for him. And he's still got six. That's because he hasn't got it in him at the moment because he was shagged after Lords because there was such a short gap between the tests. So, yeah. When you consider there was actually a 
bit of whether to bring him into the test yeah. scene at one point. He's, 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 just crazy, crazy, he's isn't a it? bit of an icon and he's going to mm. become one. Um, yeah. Just even that Emma little Stokes video the, of the steward with the watermelon yeah, yeah. and then he's ran over and took off him and threw it in the... That's unheard of and he's, to he's, do something like that. He's fielding on the boundary with his... No, at mid-wicket with his jumper tied around right, his waist. His waist. Uh, it's like... Great. That, 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 exactly, that. that's a fine in, in village cricket. Yeah, You'd get a fine for that. If I close us out now we do have the test coming up so I'm sure we'll get back into it and uh, people need to get home I have to I think help build some furniture so got that to get to but anyway thanks again for listening to another episode of the Spitballing Pod thanks to Troy for coming on we'll be with Alex again next week as he's off to the World Championships I have said if he wants to send something across then I'll maybe insert it into the pod and it'll be like he's here with us but anyway we'll uh, hopefully or at least I suppose if Arsenal do lose, he won't be on. So <laughs> Anyway, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Spitballing Pod. We'll be back next week. As always, if you could give us a like, share, repost, all that business on Spotify, SoundCloud and iTunes. We'll be back. Thank you. <laughs>